This film is lit. The podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. Stephanie Meyer really went and capped off her wildly successful YA vampire love story by writing this. Okay, it's Breaking Dawn Part 1, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn part one uh we're we talked about it before but we're going to be doing directly into our uh part two next week we're not doing a we are doing a prequel episode but it'll come out in the middle we'll talk about more of that Mm -hmm. at the end Uh, we also wanted to mention before we get started that if you uh support us for five dollars on patreon patreon.com slash this film is lit we released an hour and a half long episode talking about midnight sun we did so if you've been here for the twilight episodes katie had so many thoughts about midnight sun and i was there to just ask questions and make terrible jokes so uh if you support us for five bucks a month on patreon you can get access to that uh, and hear everything we thought about midnight sun but that's not what we're talking about right now right now we're talking about breaking dawn part one we're gonna get into it with our first segment let me sum up let me explain There is too much. Let me sum up. Let me take a big gulp of wine. The big day for Bella and Edward has finally arrived, but it's marred by Jacob's absence as he has run off to the Canadian wilderness after getting his invitation. The wedding goes off, mostly, without a hitch. Bella and Edward leave for the honeymoon on Isle Esme, and while there, have sex while Bella is still human. This most unholy union results in Bella becoming pregnant with a rapidly gestating fetus. Edward and others want to remove the fetus as it's killing Bella, but Bella and Rosalie will not let them. We take a jaunty side excursion with Jacob as he deals with this news about Bella and his lack of a mate. Ultimately, Jacob leaves his pack in order to protect Bella slash the fetus from Sam and the others who feel they must kill the fetus in order to protect the town. A tense ceasefire is arrived at, and Bella goes into labor. Bella dies giving birth, but Edward injects venom into her, starting her transformation. Jacob, wildly distraught over Bella's apparent death, decides he'll exact revenge on the baby, Renesmee, for killing Bella, but as he is about to, he imprints on the baby. Bella finishes her transformation, opens her eyes, and begins her new second life as a vampire. The end. Of part one. Of of part one, of the movie. movie. It's only halfway through the book. Halfway through the book, yes. Uh, Roughly. All right, that was Let Me Sum Up. If you did not see or had not seen or read any of those things, now you got a little bit of a feel for what <laughs> what we went through. So uh, hopefully this stuff will make a little bit more sense. Let's get into it. We've got a lot to talk about. 
better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. So we talked about this. This is the thing in the last episode. This is the first thing that jumped out to me. I actually don't have as much better in the book this time because book's not very good and we'll Mm -hmm. talk about it. But uh, I didn't have as much better in the book this time as some of the other ones. And I had a lot more. I don't know a lot more. I had a few more better in the movie, that sort of thing. But one of the things I mentioned in the Eclipse episode is and we both talked about is how ridiculous and stupid it was that they cut the part where after uh, Seth and Edward defeat Victoria Edward fist bumps Seth's nose. Mm-hmm. And that was made even more stupid in this book after, as I kept reading. And now the movie doesn't do as much of this. It does a little bit. They mention, but in, in the book, Seth and Edward have become like friends. Yeah. Like actual friends. And I was like, well, if they're going to do that in the movie and have them be like actual friends, it makes even less sense that they would cut out yeah. that moment of bonding. That's also just like a, a, a super easy, like fun uh, fan uh, service moment. Fan service that would have still worked for people who yeah. weren't like book readers. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't need to rehash it. We don't need it, to rehash but, it. But anyways. But yeah, the fact that the movie just moves forward with their friendship does make that decision even dumber. Yeah. Another thing the movie drops completely, which I thought was interesting choice. And maybe they'll talk about this in... The next one, and but I don't really know the context yet because I'm only halfway through this book of mm-hmm. what this is going towards necessarily, other than it being a potential foreshadowing of Bella's baby, I guess. I don't even know because I, I don't know. So there's this whole story. Uh, Tanya and the, 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 the Alaskan vampires are coming, and they do show up in the movie at the wedding. But in the book, there's this discussion before they get there. They tell Bella this story, I believe is my memory of how it transpires, about how... Bella's mom, or not Bella, sorry, Tanya's mother had created a vampire baby, but it yeah. wasn't like, didn't give birth to it. At least that's not the way it's described from my memory. I read this a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, she does a, um, a interview with a vampire. They create yeah. like a child vampire. Yeah, and, and because they're like super strong or something, and, but, and they're, they're like nicknamed the immortal children, but ultimately the Volturi like stomp this out and they kill Tanya's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also this thing where Carlo explains like how I understand why this was dropped from the movie. Cause it's, it's a lot of like, it, it's a flash. It's not a flashback, but you would probably have to do it as like a flashback. Kind of yeah. like when they explain like Jasper's backstory and stuff like that. But Carlo explains like how people around the children, like can't help falling in love with them. And they never found out who this child was or why Tanya's mom had turned to them. Uh, but like they all watched, <laughs> the Volteri murder their mother. And this, again, I don't know why any of that's important yet. If it, mm-hmm. that, cause that as of halfway through the book, that has not made a, you know, they've mm-hmm. not touched on that again, or we've only ever seen Tanya and them at the wedding. And then we don't t- hear about them ever again in the book. I thought it was an interesting story. And so I expected it to be in the movie in some capacity. And my guess is that maybe it's more relevant for the second half. And so maybe they'll talk about it in the second movie, mm-hmm. but it's not in this one. So, I had that embedded in the book because I thought it was interesting, but I also get why they dropped it. So um, The movie skipped over a lot of stuff from the beginning of the book with both Charlie and Renee, some of which I was grateful for. Um, but one thing that I was kind of sad the movie left out was actually Renee's reaction to Bella getting married because Bella was is, was anxious to tell her because her mom is like not a big fan 
of, I guess, marriage in general, yeah. but also like getting married young because she got married young yeah, and, and that ended well. up badly. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, they uh, Bella and Renee in the book have this kind oh, of yeah, like right. nice moment where Renee is that. like, well, yeah, but you're not yeah. me. She's like, it wasn't good for me. <laughs> like, yeah. I shouldn't have got married young, but you're you're but an like, old soul. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I but I thought that was like a nice moment between them and like a really level headed acknowledgement that you don't often see from parent characters yeah. in media that like this is fine for you because you're not me. We're yeah. not the same. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Another small thing that got left out of the movie was um, Alice fitting Charlie for his tux for the wedding. Oh yeah, they yeah they did they did cut a lot of the pre wedding stuff. Not mm-hmm. that there's a whole bunch of it in the book, but no, there's not. But there is more than well, there a little is in bit the movie. more. Yeah, the the movie kind of jumps right into the wedding, which makes sense. You got a lot of other stuff to, to kind of mm-hmm. get to that movie ring movie Bella's uh, engagement yes. ring. Still hate it. It's tacky. Looks mm-hmm. horrible. You get a nice close-up of it as she's walking down the aisle. Hate it. There was one line from the book, though, that I wanted to bring up. Because Renee, at one point, says something about, like, the theme of the wedding being around the ring. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, a vintage ring yeah. and whatever. And then Bella has this line. The wedding wasn't actually centered around the ring, but Edward himself. <laughs> and I was like, now there's a metaphor for their relationship. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I also, there's a little moment right before she goes to get, like, at the wedding, she's getting ready to, you know, go walk down the aisle and stuff. And at the last minute, Alice lends Bella her garter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's actually, like, two garter moments that neither make it into the movie that both made me chuckle in the book. But Alice lends her her garter and goes, that's mine, and I want it back, and Bella blushes. And I was like, Stephanie Meyer, every every goddamn book you find a way she <laughs> you just, find a way to do it she drops little kernels for you <laughs> you drop a, you figure out a way to do it in every single one of these uh, you mentioned earlier that we do see the alaska vampires at the wedding reception and in the movie uh something happens that's not in the book um the character irena has kind of a meltdown um because she was we found out in Eclipse, she was shacked up with Laurent yeah. for a while and still holds a grudge against the werewolves for killing him. Yeah. Um, and that has kind of bled over into like a grudge against Bella. And she's mad about the whole thing. Um, and the movie has her kind of like melt down about it at the reception. Yeah. Which I understood. But it felt a little bit random to me. Yeah, well, they had to do it. So they had to, I think what happened is they, and I mean, they should have known all this ahead of time because all these books were out by the time yeah. the movies were made. But so, so they're not in Eclipse. They don't show up right. at all. They don't even talk about no. it. No. Maybe there's like a throwaway line or something about how like they're not, they can't come help. But the, in the book Eclipse, there's this huge discussion of them like, uh, we got to ask them for help. And then they explain in Eclipse, they won't come because they're mad about about the, about the Laurent yeah. thing or the one of them's mad about the Laurent thing. So this movie felt like they needed to have, they had to be at the wedding. Right. But in the book, my memory is that she just doesn't come right to the wedding. Yeah. I believe I that's think how she just doesn't come out. and the rest of them do. Yeah. But they needed him at the wedding and they also had to introduce her character probably for later. And then, but they didn't yeah. have the backstories so that they had the kind of shoehorn it in here and they, they did it in, eh, 
about as like, good as you could. It's but fine, yeah. and I understand the reasoning for it. Yeah, but it does feel like weird and shoehorned. A in. little bit, yeah, because it is. It is kind of shoehorned in. Um, they also do this weird thing at the wedding where it feels like, and maybe I'm losing my mind, but I'm probably not, that they're, like, setting up some thing between Charlie and, and Sue, uh, oh, Clearwater. Oh, like, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, like, a moment at the wedding where Charlie says he's going to go get her food or a, a drink, drink or think, something. Yeah. And then, like, Billy has this weird Billy moment. Billy, like, glares at him. Yeah. And then, like, she, there's, like, the, there's, like, the, everybody shares a knowing glance. And I was like, well, this, this was not in the book. I felt like the movie was doing a weird, like, Billy and Charlie are both vying for Sue Clearwater's oh, affections. I guess that's Because, like, be. Billy looks angry. Yeah. When I, Charlie says he's going to get her a drink. I guess that could be. And, and now, I, was, I, was, I was like, why movie? It's a For weird, what purpose? It's a, maybe they just felt like they needed Charlie to end up with somebody. Like, that's the happy ending here. Like, because he's going to lose Bella. So if he gets at least Sue Clearwater, then he'll, <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be, feel better. <laughs> I don't know. We're doing Shakespearean comedy here. Everyone pairs off at the end. That's kind of what it seems like. And I, I was like, or it also is a possible that it's in the book. Because, again, I haven't finished the book. It's possible that it's in the book at the end. And the movie felt like they needed to like it's totally some... possible that it is that that would definitely be a detail that i do not remember, do not remember yeah. i remember like uh, we mentioned it i think i had not i read this book once yeah i read it when it came out in 2008 and then i never cracked it ever again until now yeah so i remember like the major plot beats but there's a lot a lot in here that i do not remember so it's totally possible that that happens. Yeah, and and like I said, if that does happen in the book later, then maybe this is just a way for the movie to kind of yeah, because because there's no setup for it in the book. There's no hint Mm-mm. of any of that in the first half Mm-mm. of the book at the wedding or anything. So uh, we'll see. We'll, we shall find out next week. <laughs> uh, let's, we, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about these wedding speeches. The wedding speeches. Oh boy. Uh, I originally had the wedding speeches in Better in the Movie. I was totally on board for it when I thought it was just going to be Emmett being obnoxious and giving like a dude bro best man speech. I thought we were going to get one little comedy beat of that. That yeah. was going to be like Emmett doing a, a, yeah, an Emmett speech at the wedding. Maybe one other quick little moment, but then it just kept going. And just. And people who gave speeches made zero sense that like why would jessica be giving a speech the reason jessica gives a speech in this movie is because it's anna kendrick kendrick well i understand i, I would that. be my guess but yeah. like <laughs> she's not even in the wedding party no she's just a guest to be fair nobody's in the wedding party in the movie there's nobody standing up there everybody's sitting True. watching yeah it's uh, just yeah them up on the in the book we know that alice is her maid of honor yeah and, and that... I, I don't think the book ever says who the best man is but i would assume emmett yeah but well it, uh, jacob makes a joke about him being the best man true <laughs> it's yeah not, yeah yeah you would assume emmett probably or jasper i guess but yeah yeah i don't know uh but yeah none of them are in the movie none of them are sitting up standing up there yeah. they're all sitting in like the front row but so then <sighs> jessica gives a speech and <laughs> Charlie gives like the grossest, Ugh, the grossest, the grossest uh, dad toast, gun dad, gun dad uh, <laughs> and then Renee sings. Charlie, it can be such a good character, and then the movie can't. The movies cannot help but reduce him to gun. Yes, violent gun dad, cop. Yeah, gun. 
like that and he he has an interesting nuance to him in that 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 the movie does okay sometimes and and the performance is pretty good but they can't help but go back to that same joke well over and over mm-hmm. and it's so fucking gross but yeah renee sings okay great I don't, I like, I turned to you during this part and I was like, what are we doing right now? Yeah. yeah. Cause it just goes on forever. Yeah. Uh, another garter moment that we missed from the book that I was really hoping would be in the movie was uh, Edward throws the garter directly into Mike's face. Yes. Yes, he does. He also, uh, she also, this is the other moment I meant to talk about, uh, is that when he goes to take it off Bella, Mm-hmm. She she moves it down to her ankle so yeah. as to not be like I'm like what okay you guys are actually married now he can touch your thigh like it's fine it's uh so so weird Bella suddenly becomes like a little bit prude in this installment yeah like not a lot a little though but a little bit like for someone who was like begging for sex yeah in the last couple books and i guess there could be an interesting like idea to that of like now that it's actually not maybe she was pushing before but she knew all the time that he wouldn't give in so she felt more comfortable mm-hmm. pushing him whereas now that it's an actual now it's potential real, real thing that That's like fair, she yeah. feel, you know what i mean that could be a change there where now she's not sure and a little a little more you know um because yeah the first time it, definitely there's a lot of complicated emotions and <laughs> feelings going mm-hmm. on so I can, I can understand that all right let's fast forward to after the wedding night yes bella's got some some bruises from yeah. all that all that vampire sex yep which look ridiculous in the movie. They're very faint. They look like little dirt smears. <laughs> like she got some dust on her. Yeah. So I had this in a different spot. I had this in the movie Nailed It, I think, originally. Because she does at least end up with bruises. They yes. are much yeah. less... Not what is described in the book. It is... Yes. When you read the book, you're imagining she looks like she got in like a, a, a fight. Like mm-hmm. a boxing match or something. Uh, and it, it's it's weird because I hate this whole plot element altogether mm-hmm. that, that because he's always worried that he's going to hurt her, which the movie downplays a little bit, his fear of hurting her. Like it's a thing he's like super freaked out about yeah. in the book and talks about it all the time. And it's like super against him having sex because of it. And he's like, I could hurt you. And then, and there's a little bit of that in the movie, but it's downplayed. And then in the, in the book, he absolutely like, yeah, he, she ends up with all these bruises. She doesn't notice him in the same way she does in the movie. It's not what she's thinking about. And they're obviously mm-hmm. not so bad that it's like causing her immense pain or anything. Yeah. Cause she doesn't even realize, but it, so I had it in the movie nailed it for including it uh, in that sense. But I also, it doesn't really make sense as much in the movie with his Edward's reaction in my, in my head, because he, in the in the book and the movie, he's like very upset about this yes. and like blames himself and becomes very dejected over it. And but in the in the book, it's a little more believable if she's like covered in big yeah horrible yeah. Bruises. It sounds like in the book, it sounds like she's got these like really gnarly giant bruises yeah. all over her body. And in the movie, that translates to like a couple of light looking yeah bruises that looked like they could easily have been done by two normal human beings yeah. having sex yeah. 
Uh, like could totally reasonable but he's still like i'm a monster yeah yeah and it's just and 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 i get that that plays in his but so yeah most importantly i dislike that whole plot Mm -hmm. point entirely that oh yeah the whole thing is gross the whole thing is gross that she does ultimately get injured because and this is like some weird see we told you this is what happens when you have sex it's it's a dangerous well you know it's uh uh and then obviously she also immediately gets pregnant which we'll talk about but (laughs) (laughs) but which are real you know it's a real potential outcome but uh yeah she's immediately punished doubly or punished might be the right word in terms of this one the bruises are like a pre-punishment yeah (laughs) anyways yeah the whole thing is dumb um and it makes no sense his reaction makes a lot less sense in the movie because they're so mild like i said it's like i I've woken up with bruises that I didn't know how I got them worse than that. I, I, get, <laughs> like, I get bruises all the time that I'm like, how did I do that? Where did that come from? <laughs> all right. Yeah. And then it looked just as bad as whatever she had yeah. in the movie. So it's like, okay, dude. All right. She'll be okay. I did like though, in both of them, to some extent, she does kind of talk him out of it pretty mm-hmm. quickly. This is another moment where Bella gets to, and the movie does it in this version or in this one where she does get to kind of have some agency and be like, look, it's fine. I'm, I was fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I was happy until you got all sad, like about nothing. You got all upset <laughs> over nothing. And that's what's making me, uh, you know, upset and not feel good. Cause I was feeling great <laughs> until this moment. So, um, so we cut, or is this after the honeymoon or do we cut? Like in the movie, we cut to a beach scene during the honeymoon, during the honeymoon, where it's like Jacob and and a bunch of them on the beach. Uh huh. Um, and it's it's because this is also around the time in the book where we switch to Jacob's perspective. Roughly, it's yeah. a little bit later. It's after she finds out she's pregnant. Um, and then starts heading back. Um, so we actually don't get this scene in the book. I don't think. But this is like a it, this takes the place of some of the more Jacob stuff later on. Yeah, it takes the place of a, a couple scenes kind of between Jacob and Lee that happen later on in the book, which we have a lot of notes about this that were kind of scattered all throughout our different sections. So I tried to like put it all here so we could just talk about it. I thought the book had some kind of compelling stuff in their conversations about how like similar Jacob and Lee and actually Leah, are, yeah. and they're kind of in like similar situations because Leah is the was is the ex of Sam. Yes, Sam imprinted on Emily. Yes, uh, who we've like seen once in the movie since the first one or whatever, or the second one, I guess. I mean, we've only seen her once in, in the, the book. Yeah, she kind of just not be. I thought she was going to be an important character. She's, she's like not. not at all. Uh, she seemed like you know she set up. She, she gets like a she, reveal she's and stuff. Just and, our introduction to the idea of imprinting. Yeah, and that's literally it. Yeah. Um. So so at Leah as Sam was with Leah, then he imprinted on Emily. So now Emily is or Leah is like the the odd one out, and it's yeah. it mirrors Jacob's sort of third wheelness with Edward and Bella, yeah. obviously. So yeah, they're similar in that way. Which is the thing they discuss numerous times throughout the book um, and have a big conversation about it towards the end of Jacob's section mm-hmm. in, the, in the first half of the book. And they also have that similar conversation in the movie. Yeah. Um, and, but my big thing with the whole Leah thing is that if you didn't read the book, and this is true for a lot of this movie, but mm-hmm. just in general, if you hadn't read the book, I don't know how much of any of Leah's storyline makes like any sense yeah, to it, viewers. I have, I, I would have a really hard time parsing that if you would even be able to follow yeah. any of what she's upset about. Yeah. Have not having read the book because the movie version is so like 
chopped down yeah. and they like crushed things together. And there's so many, use all of her scenes that she's in, there's so many other bits of information being relayed to you yes. that you would easily lose and forget the fact. Like I would, it would take me, I would be like, I would have been like, oh, oh, she was with Sam. And like, I, I don't even know if any of that would add up to me if I hadn't read the book where I had, yeah. this, you know what I mean? And, and it doesn't help that the movies have, kind of continually stumbled over how to convey the mechanics of the wolf pack and yeah. being a werewolf. Like the movies just don't know how to do it. They no. just don't know how to convey any of that to no. the audience. And it is hard because, you know, there's the other thing that the movies I thought have also done a really bad job sort of conveying that we get a little bit more of in this one is that they all read each other's minds. Yeah. Which, again, it's harder to do in the movie because the book, they just we get to hear Jacob say, oh, whenever I turn into a wolf, they all can hear my thoughts and know instantly what I'm thinking of oh, yeah, everything. I, you know, constantly harps on that. Yeah. So we get that. But in the movie, it's 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 they kind of like there's a scene in this one where after he finds out that Bella's pregnant and he morphs like we hear like whispers mm -hmm. of like and and we as book readers know, OK, that's them like hearing his thoughts and stuff. But I don't know if that would make because I couldn't remember if they had yeah. explained that in the movies or not. And I think they did. But I couldn't remember. So, yeah, I don't know. But but yeah, the all of the stuff with Leah is not helped by that issue. Um, now, while I do think the reason that I have this note in better in the book is that I think this, these scenes in the book were easier to follow. Yes. And they better conveyed Leah's anxieties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. However, there's some really yikesy. We'll call it trans panic yeah. stuff yeah. in the book that I was really glad to see the movie I was, cut. I wasn't expecting it, and it was kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it's something that uh, Jacob and Leah discuss during their sort of big... They have, like, a big discussion towards the end of their the Jacob section where she wants... To, after she joins his pack, mm -hmm. um, and, and she wants to stay in his pack going forward, and they talk about the, how they're similar with the relationships and stuff, but she also talks about how she feels like she's a genetic dead end because she hasn't... and Nobody's imprinted on her. She hasn't imprinted on anybody, um, and she's, like, the only uh, female yeah. werewolf that's, like, ever been known or whatever. Yeah, as far as we know, yeah. as far as, like, their like the history of their tribe and whatever says she's been the, she's the only female werewolf. Um, and she talks about how she has stopped menstruating. Yeah. She says something really like she, like she says like I'm 20 and menopausal or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So she's like stopped menstruating and she has these anxieties about like not being able to move forward with her life in yeah. that way. Yeah. Because she and she she talks about it in relation to sort of understanding what Rosalie's motivation yeah. about wanting to be able to, you know, about wanting a child so bad. And that's because she can't have a kid. And yeah. Leah going like, I get that because, you know, I, I also am dealing with like the same situation type thing. But she also has a line. And this is what you're getting at where she basically and I think this is a perfectly reasonable. I won't say reasonable. It's a, it's a potentially realistic thing for somebody to contemplate and wonder but the, the book doesn't take this and then have any sort of good um, commentary yeah. on it is that she does wonder if she's not female enough, quote unquote, because yeah. she became a werewolf. If there's something like if she's somehow like she worries essentially that there is something wrong with her. 
yeah. quote unquote, because essentially meaning that she's actually like a man or something yeah. or, or, or something like that. And that this yeah. is somehow something that's wrong why I her. called it trans panic because yes. it kind of at least borders on that kind of idea. Yeah. And I think this idea could be interesting in a story where this was the focus I and done by an author who had a, an actually good and progressive viewpoint on this. Cause I think like her coming to terms and thinking about that and yeah. not being sure is like a lot of really, and, and sort of the identity of the, her becoming a, a werewolf and being the only like, there's a lot there to work with that I think could be done really interesting, but that nothing happens with it. And this is just kind of like, uh, I would actually love to read like a really good, like critical like transgender critical theory yeah perspective on leah's yeah. character i think really that would be really interesting if anybody knows of one please send yeah. it to me i wonder because if i she, would love to read that yeah i don't know if she has more in the second half too that, that would add to that or not but yeah it is yeah i i think there's a lot there again we know stephanie's um motivations and, mm -hmm. and not motivations but like thematically the kind of where she's coming from and this isn't she's not at least we can assume she's not a particularly progressive and inclusive person when it comes to trans identity and stuff like that. So Probably not. If I had to go out on a limb. Um, so it seems unlikely that there's any sort of uh, introspection here and that, that this is anything other than like an actual like gross kind of take on 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 gender identity yeah and like ascent gender essentialism in some way. Yeah. Like it feels like because the book doesn't actually comment on it in any way that that at least leaves it an interesting sort of because you could it could be an interesting critique of gender essentialism yeah like very easily but it feels instead like just an embrace like it's just something that she tosses out there as a problem yeah kind of yeah it's just she feels bad about it and the book doesn't go maybe you shouldn't feel bad about it the book goes yep she just feels she bad just about feels it bad and she feels like not a woman and and that's weird i guess i don't know moving on like <laughs> you know there's just nothing it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't do anything and yeah in the hands of a a, a different author i think it could mm -hmm. be really interesting mm -hmm. there's a super terrible scene in the movie <laughs> where uh when jacob i guess it's is it the first time he goes yeah and sees yes bella and realizes that she's pregnant <laughs> where he goes into the room and all of the Cullens are just like standing. Yep. Posed around the living room. Yes. Uh, and they all like deliver information and it felt so, so wildly bad. It felt like a high school play with everyone standing on their mark, yeah. waiting to, deliver, waiting to their deliver their line. There were several. This was probably the one, the movie so far that stuck out to me as having the worst acting. Mm -hmm. Not that it's all bad. And and in general, still, I think in general, uh, uh, Kristen Stewart and, uh, and Taylor Lautner and uh, Robert Pattinson all do okay still. Roughly, Robert Pattinson, you can tell he's not quite as into it as he was maybe the first one or two yeah but. <laughs> well and we talked about this i think in the prequel that surely this was not what they thought they were no, signing on yeah, for any of them in the prequel there's no way because again from what little i know of robert pattinson and and kristen stewart at least because they've gone on to do a lot more stuff and do interviews mm -hmm. and, and and they're a little bit more outspoken like politically and stuff 
I can't imagine that either of them are pro-life or like, yeah. uh, and we're into this weird fanfic nightmare, like pro-life message that they signed up for. I can't like, that's not what they thought they were doing when they were like, we're going to be in a, a vampire love story. And then book four, they're like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that very clearly reflects in, in Robert Pattinson's sort of, uh, relative <laughs> interest in being in these movies as time went on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but but there's lots of little moments where the acting is suffering, and I don't know if it's the direction, I don't know if it's the writing or all a combination of all of them. This scene is really bad, though. It's just a lot of like, yeah, expositing in a circle. Yeah, like it, they just like shout different bits of exposition at Jacob. Yeah, in turn. Yeah, and it's so bad. Yeah, um, we mentioned earlier. Um, let's go back to. The, that scene with the the wolf pack. Yeah, this is after Jacob finds out that Bella's pregnant, and mm -hmm. then he turns into a wolf and runs out, and then they have a big wolf powwow. Yeah, or whatever you know, wolf meeting. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't mm. like it in the movie. I don't disagree. <laughs> I had this in the movie nailed it because. So you have this in better in the book, and I don't disagree that it works better in the book. Yeah. The whole meeting where they're, where they're all in wolf form, sort of in each other's head talking. In the movie, it's it's a loud mess. There's literally, so there's three things going on. There's mm -hmm. a score, a very loud score mm -hmm. of like dramatic music. There's wolf snarling like wolves like yipping and snarling and making noises at each other and then on top of that there is the voiceover like this big echoey boomy voiceovers of our characters in wolf form talking so we're hearing yeah. their thoughts essentially and, but they're not just talking though they're like all talking at over once. each other yes. and at the same time because this is that that them like in each other's head type of thing yeah and so to me it works in the sense that it feels chaotic and like it puts you a little bit in the headspace of that moment in sort of the chaotic, like they're growling and talking over, like it's this big chaotic mess. That being said, it's a nightmare. Like it's impossible to watch. And if you uh, hadn't yeah. read the book, I oh, don't know how that, you would. I refuse to believe anyone who had not read the book would be able to follow this scene. Oh, I feel like you impossible. would just be like, Oh, Ooh, what what's happening yes. what's going on it's literally why is the movie doing this it's a to cacophony me? of just sound and, and and yeah and like i said the choice to do the voiceovers with the big soaring score with all the barking it's it i think it I, I think I like I understand <laughs> what the director yes. was going for yes, i get it does it work <sighs> oh. But I will say this, this movie does lean more into book fan service than, and with, uh, this is potentially a problem, and, and it's a thing you always kind of have to write a fine line with when adapting something, is how much do you lead, how much are you leading into making fans of the book happy mm -hmm. versus making a good movie that a general moviegoer can appreciate? Mm -hmm. And I could see making the choice as the director to go, who's watching these movies anymore? It's not... There is just a general movie audience that probably never read the books, but just got into the movies. I'm sure like yeah. th that were like the same kind of people who liked the books, but just didn't read them, but also liked the movies probably. But it had to be like a choice. These books are so popular. We're just going to make it for what the book fans want. I totally and get, I get that. that. Yeah. To some extent. Uh, with something like 
Twilight. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Whereas if you compare it to like, let's say Lord of the Rings or even Harry Potter, there's probably more of a focus like, okay, we, we can also get the general audience. Yeah. But with Twilight, I feel like you might be thinking, I don't have a shot at getting much of a general audience. It's mostly going to be book people. And and more importantly, with this specific book. Yes. He read yeah, this ab- book. Absolutely. Who is this book? For? This book could never be made into anything that a normal person would like. <laughs> I, when we when we did the prequel, I had not read very far into the book yet. And you had that fun fact about how Bill Condon said that he like loved the book. Yeah. He said it's he said he imprinted on it very quickly. I refuse to believe that he loved this book. I refuse. He he just said he loved it during a press tour. He also said we the line full the full quote was something like it's as you as readers know it's a very unique book and I'm looking to make a very unique movie or something along those lines. So he I, knew. Cuz I feel like I feel like he signed on to do these movies and then he read the book and he was like, oh, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> what, what have I done? Absolutely. Because as we have discussed, you would not get this from having read the first three books. No. Or watched the first three movies. No. Like even if he had done all of those things yeah. prior to signing on. You would never in a million years Mm-mm. guess that this is where it was that going. this is where it was going. No, not even a little bit. No, not, not even a little bit. Not even a little. Yeah. Um, but to go back to that werewolf scene for a second, my I think my main issue with it as a film scene is that it is impossible to follow just on its own. But like I said, the movies have always struggled to really explain how the werewolves work. I I don't know that the movies ever explained the like wolf hive mind. No, that's what I said earlier. Yeah, I don't know if they have fully. I think there's been at least one line about it. And I, I, I feel like maybe there was there was at least one throwaway line in Eclipse about the whole alpha thing. Yeah. But if I hadn't read this book, I wouldn't have known that that was what was happening in that scene of the mm-mm, movie mm-mm. where Sam like tries to force Jacob to obey. Yeah, and, and then like Jacob is like, like, no, Jacob is like, no, I'm the true alpha. Yeah. I don't think I would have been able to follow what was happening at all. No, not at all. Not at all. I agree completely. I, th- I don't think it would make any sense uh, if you had not read the books. So that's why that's why they made it that way. They're like, this, we know who we're making this for would be yeah, my guess. I guess so. So there's a little moment uh, that they figure out. And we'll talk about this later. They figure out the baby needs blood. It takes <laughs> them way too long we'll, we'll, to We'll get to out. that part. Uh, and they they're going to get some blood. And there's this fun moment in the book that happens in the movie, but very differently and not as funny. Rosalie goes to get the blood and she's in the other room. And we hear her like they hear her in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah. And they, we're in we're in Jacob's we're in perspective Jacob's perspective. Right um, and he's in the living room with Bella and Edward and 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 Rosalie's in the other room and we hear her banging some stuff around and you hear her make a noise. And then you hear uh, Edward goes not clear or something yeah. like that. And and there's no context for it at first. I figured out right away what it, what he meant. 
and then she walks out with a uh, like a paper cup or a styrofoam cup mm-hmm. or whatever with the blood in it, and that's what Bella drinks it out of. And in the movie, it's similar. Like Carlisle pours the blood into a glass, but there's no conversation about it. Edward walks over and just puts it in a styrofoam cup. Yeah, and he might make a some, but the way it's done in the book actually made me chuckle. Like, and especially mm-hmm. with Rosalie's character and just like the, again, sort of uh, the mind reading of Edward. I thought it all just played a lot better in the book. It's a little like gag, but I don't know. I thought it was funny and I, the movie just doesn't do it. And I was like, okay. The movie kind of does it. It's just not funny. And also later on, uh, this is the thing the movie drops completely is Jacob and Rosalie's like tension. Yeah. They, like they have like a, they have like a, they have some antagonistic banter. Yeah. Uh, he makes blonde jokes and she makes like dog jokes and, and yeah. that sort of thing. And there's one moment where she brings him some food in a, she bends a metal bowl into a dog dish and scratches his, uh, well not his name, scratches like Fido on the side and gives him some food. And after he's done eating, he, he, I don't remember what happens. She says something or does something and he chucks the bowl at her head. <laughs> Yeah. And it bounces off her head. I just wanted to see that in the movie. And I guess they didn't want Jacob hurling metal objects at women. I get it. I, I, I get it. <laughs> but still. Um, the movie adds uh, some more tension between the wolves, not Jacob and the Clearwaters, but the other wolves, um, between the wolves and the Cullens. And kind of like everybody who's protecting Bella, which um, I, I understand that. I have a note about that later. We'll just talk about it later. I don't yeah. want to go find it. But then that there's a scene partway through where Jacob has to help some of the Cullens get out of the house so that they can feed and they can get some more blood for Bella to drink. Yeah. And it was really hard to follow. Yeah. I It doesn't make any sense. So there's... In the in the yeah in the book they have this meeting Jacob has this meeting with like a couple of the wolves and they yeah. discuss like the what's going on and there's like uh, we're not gonna att- I don't even remember exactly what happens they basically just come to a they re- come to like a stalemate uh, basically like a stalemate I, again I don't even remember enough about that scene but there's a similar scene in the book or in the movie where they go and they they go out into the woods and Jacob like confronts. Mm-hmm. And has a conversation with all of them except for like Sam or whatever. And in the movie, it's as a it's like this weird triple agent moment where mm-hmm. so in the movie, Jacob walks out there and then he has this discussion with them and he goes, Okay, here's the deal. We're gonna make a deal. You take Leah and and uh Seth back into the pack, and I'll take care of the baby. He's like, I'll kill it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm the only one who can do it because they trust me. I yeah, because they get trust close me. Enough. And so it gives us this weird moment of like, oh, maybe he is like, oh, is he going to be like a double agent? Mm-hmm. And this is not a thing that happens in the movie. And so I thought they were or in the book. And so I was like, are they setting up this weird like sort of double agent thing? But then it turns out that was all just a ploy. Yeah, he's just distracting them so that so that. Carlisle and Esme and Emmett can get out of the house to go hunt which and then the whole time that Jacob is having this conversation with them we're like cutting to those three yeah and they're they're getting chased by they're getting chased by some of the other werewolves and they like almost get Esme yeah um and it's like it's hard to follow (laughs) it's confusing and chaotic well and it's because it's like multiple book moments combined into one 
kind yeah. of because in the book he just they him and Seth just go check and make sure there are no werewolves around and mm-hmm. that's what allows the Cullens to go hunt like they just go yeah they go like scout it out and they're like all right you're good they're not around or whatever yeah and then they just go out hunting in this one they like have a meeting as a distraction whereas the meeting in the book is just a meeting that they have yeah it's just a meeting that they have to like talk, talk about things out talk or, things out and yeah. figure out what's going on and then there's this added wrinkle of jacob potentially gonna betray the cullens which isn't an element in the book and i was like oh, okay maybe they're setting because we do know ultimately in the book that jacob decides to to, to, to kill the baby yeah but in the book it's this last minute pure like emotion driven he just saw bella watched bella die as he was like giving her cpr and he's like losing his mind essentially and he's mm-hmm. like i'm gonna kill this this baby um because it killed bella and it's like this he just snaps essentially yeah. is how it's portrayed in the book yeah whereas in the movie i thought for this moment where he's like i'll i'll take care i'm like are they oh he's gonna have been like planning this the whole time is that where the movie's gonna take this because that's weird. Like, that's a weird choice. But then it's not that, which makes it more... I, I feel like the movie wanted us to understand that he was just distracting them and, like, playing them. But it was not clear. And here's the issue where if this is for book readers, this makes it more confusing because we know he does try to kill the earth consider killing the baby eventually yes. so for book readers we're like oh is this them setting that up now yeah at least that's what i read it as because i do think you're right i do think it is supposed to be like oh he's clearly like distracting yeah. him or whatever but but I, since i know that ultimately he's gonna potentially think about and try to kill the baby him saying he'll do it now makes me think oh is this a prelude to that Oh, no, it's not. He was just lying to them to destroy. Okay, it's a mess. The book version's better. It's all a mess. Um, At one point, there is a scene where uh, Jacob gets upset. It's after Edward realizes that he can hear the baby. Yeah, and they're like, now now Edward, who's also been on sort of Jacob's side and not wanting the child because it's killing uh, Bella, is now like... He's he's crossed over to he's the enemy to the dark the side. side. So Edward Jacob's very upset about yeah. this. Um so Jacob gets upset and Edward realizes he's upset and gives him his car keys and Jacob goes out to the car and like thinking like, Oh, I'm gonna wreck this guy's Volvo. Yeah. Um, but then it turns out Edward has given him the keys to the Aston Martin James Bond car. The vanquish. Yeah. Uh, and then Jacob drives to Seattle and stares at random <laughs> girls trying to imprint on I them. I do wish that scene had been in the and movie. And it was so stupid, and I wanted it to be in the movie so bad. It was so dumb. I, I will, loved it. I will say that, that that scene would have been hilarious in the movie, just Taylor Lautner walking through yeah, the park. Yeah, just like, like staring glaring at random at women. <laughs> yeah, would have made me laugh, but... Uh... That was a good decision to cut that out because it's a weird uh, yeah. little, it's a weird little, uh, and then he runs into like manic pixie dream girl, yeah. like at the, at the literally like her name's Lizzie and, <laughs> and she, she, uh, she knows about cars and she's got a sick sense of humor, bro. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's real. Oof. <laughs> um, and there was a nice little scene that got cut from the movie, um, where Edward asks for Jacob's permission to break the treaty and save Bella's life after she gives birth or after the C-section, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, that's not in the movie, but I thought it was like a nice little moment between them. Was that not in the movie? I don't think so. I thought it was. I don't recall it being in the movie. I thought he was like, uh, I, I read most of this 
that the the last hundred pages of this I read the as like the like, morning <laughs> of us watching the movie. Yeah. So I, a little some of it got a little blurred in terms of where I remember conversations from. So for me, the biggest thing that's better in the book is the entire birth scene mm-hmm. uh, is just oh, so much better in the book and left to your imagination as opposed to how it's done in a PG-13 movie. Yes. They do some disturbing things, but also some of it just comes across comical. In particular, the part where she first, uh, it happens the same in the book and the movie where she like drops her a cup of blood and then tries to reach for it. Mm-hmm. And this like breaks her but in the movie it's just like it seems like she bends weird or in the book she supposed seems to like bend weird and this turns out it like separates the the tears the placenta tears the placenta off. or something and yeah. and uh and this is and this, this causes issues so they have to like go uh do a c-section right away and in the movie though the way it's shot she like twists and it looks like she <laughs> literally breaks in half. Yeah, it looks wild. It looks so weird, but not in like a super like necessarily like a gross body yeah. horror way. More of like a silly, almost look, like yeah, slapsticky, like what looking. is happening. And there and it's super weird too because there is a moment later, like where she uh, the baby breaks her spine in the mm-hmm. book, like while she's laying on the operating bed or whatever. Uh, there's a moment where her spine breaks and she gets paralyzed essentially. Um, which I think that's what this was supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's so. what it looked like, but the, it, it didn't, you couldn't tell. Cause I couldn't remember if she could walk after that or not. I can't remember. But anyway, she does that, and then she falls, and there's this very close, specific close-up shot of her bony knees hitting the ground. <laughs> and again, it's supposed it's it's it is a little like off-putting and like ah, but it's also like almost silly. I don't. It's hard. Yeah. It's weird. It, it's. I don't know. In the book, she vomits a fountain of yes, blood, and I was I was really, I was really hoping, hoping for the of that of Kristen Stewart would at least get to vomit a fountain of blood. Yes, in this movie, and she does not. She does not. Nah, that was disappointing. Um, but yeah, that's just the there. It, it's just way gnarlier in the book. The movie mm-hmm. is all just like a montage. Like when they get to the actual like birthing sweet part, and they're like operating. Like it's all just like close ups and sweating and screaming, which. It's a PG-13 movie. They yeah. couldn't show a whole lot of stuff. I get it. But it's such... It, I Like, legitimately, Stephanie Meyer actually writes, like, weird body horror pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, I was actually sort of impressed with how good like that the whole part from the... Uh, of the, the pregnancy on and her transformation all was, like, really well written in a way that I was... In, in a way where a lot of the action scenes I get lost and am not able to, like, imagine what's happening... Mm-hmm. I had the exact opposite like yeah. situation here where I had a very vivid imagination based on what she had written of what was going on during the the, the birthing scene and um and uh, ultimately when when Bella starts to transform yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, cuz we do we switch back to Bella's perspective yes. after the birth. Um well, we get like a little bit of it again from her perspective. Yeah, we we kind of go back in time, yeah, like uh, uh, into the moment where she goes into labor, essentially. But the stuff where she was just laying there, like and undergoing this vampire transformation, yeah. was actually really interesting. Yes, it was really interesting. Like I had a note, like I was like, it's really a shame that none of this is going to be in the movie because, yeah. the, like, getting her perspective on it is yeah. actually really interesting. And I'm surprised they didn't do because this is one of the first movies where we don't really get we get an opening Bella voiceover like yeah. monologue it's like a quote from shakespeare or something or i don't remember mm-hmm. what it, in the movie but um that would have been i feel like a good moment to have her 
to do something where it it, it it zooms into her perspective. Instead, we zoom into a CG blood body, yeah. her insides, and, like, see... It, 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 it goes like magic school bus for a minute. Yeah, it looks okay, but it doesn't... Like, Bella's talking through of the transformation process in the book and explaining, like, feeling the fire spread to different parts of her body and, like, counting the breaths... Mm-hmm. And that being like how she keeps track of how long this is taking because it feels like a never ending thing. And like she's like she counts Edward's breaths because they're the slowest thing in the room, like or something like that. So they the more breaths she counts, the longer it'll been. It's like, again, the way that the whole that whole transformation scene is written just really does evoke a lot of like really interesting imagery and stuff. And I don't know how you do it really well in the movie. It's not terrible in the movie, but it doesn't it doesn't have the same. Uh, oomph, like intro. yeah just... yeah you don't get the same thing out of it as a yeah. viewer that you do as a reader yeah for sure uh and there's also there's a moment in the book where the baby after the baby is born bella goes asked to hold the baby mm-hmm. and they and they give renesme to her and then it bites her yeah and that's in the movie but if you didn't read the book you would have no yeah, they idea don't show it you hear a sound effect of the baby go Mah! and then and then like Edward goes, oh, Remesme, no, and, like, takes her away. But in the book, it says, like, and there was, like, a little bite mark on her chest. Mm-hmm. Like, a little teeth mark on her chest. Yeah. But the camera pulls back in the movie, and it's not there. And I'm like, what? What is, what? Is that, like, some weird MPAA thing? Maybe. Like, you can't have, ba- you can, no vampire babies? Like, what? <laughs> I don't, like, what? 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 I did not understand why that was not... But you can see that the baby has teeth. Yeah. And the, we, yeah. we love a baby with a full set of teeth. Yes. Not weird at all. Yeah. And then there's a post credit scene with the Volturi. Yeah, there is. Which was something. They just had to remind us of them because yeah. we haven't seen them. We yeah. haven't seen Arrow since New Moon, basically. He was in Eclipse for a half second, yeah. right? Like in the movie. I think so. Like he shows up at one point, maybe. Maybe not even then. I don't remember. I don't remember. But, but I guess the movies are really making Arrow just like the straight up villain, which makes sense. Um, He's like the main one that we interact with in the movies and in the books, and in the really. Book, yeah. Um, And he is like the big name in the Volturi. Yeah. He's um, also the best actor in the movie. So true. <laughs> Um, but I, I do think I prefer the more nuanced characterization from the books where he's kind of like trying to play both sides and like be nice, but also he's clearly a villain. I haven't gotten to him again in this book yet, so I don't know where he's going in the rest of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of input on him yet. We'll see. I'm we not shall. there yet. We shall see. Because, I mean, I loved him in New Moon, but. I just haven't. I literally have not read a page of Arrow since New Moon. So, all right, that's it for better in the book. Let's go ahead and talk about what was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. We talked about this when we were watching. I don't know if it makes a ton of sense here, but the movies have never explained this before, which yeah. is a thing the books have talked about earlier, which is that Edward uh, used to kill humans. But what he did, he was Dexter, basically, when he mm-hmm. was a vampire. Yeah, he um, was a, a dark vigilante. Yeah, he would go around and hunt uh, like serial killers and like bad yeah, like, criminals like and rapists stuff. rapists and yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I thought it was kind of fun seeing the flashback to him walking around, you know, turn of the century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
England or America. I think it looked like it was like the twenties, maybe. Yeah, not turn of the century. But, sorry, uh, he was he was he was a kid in the turn of the century because yeah. he he got turned when he was seventeen in like nineteen seventeen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's like the the Roaring Twenties or whatever, and he's walking around. They're at like a being movie dapper, theater. like yeah. yeah, yeah, he's very dapper, killing <laughs> a dapper murderer. Killing other murderers. It's fun. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Um, it, it's kind of a weird time. I feel like the movies were like, oh, yeah, we never talked about that. Yeah. Let's just work that in there real quick. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't not work. No. And the context for it doesn't make a ton of sense because it's just like, he's like, are you sure you want to turn still? This is what I used to do. And she's like, kill serial killers? And he's like, yeah, but it was... I felt bad about it, okay? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, the context of it doesn't make a ton yeah. of sense, like, when they decide to bring it up. But uh, I like seeing it. There, there's a mention, There's a thing in the book that... So she's surprised at how uh, okay with her getting married Charlie is mm-hmm. uh, in the book. And there's a, a line about how she goes, although I have a feeling a big part of that is that me and Edward won't be living in sin when we're away at college. And I was like, ugh, great. <laughs> so, like, that's... <laughs> Part of the reason Charlie's okay with them getting married is that that way they're not shacking up before before they're right in the eyes of the Lord or whatever. Yeah, okay. Also, live in sin in college. Yeah. That's the time That's for it. That's when you do it. The, if you're going to do it, do it in college. It, it is the best time. We're still living in sin. That's true. No, we're engaged. I don't know. No, that still That's counts. still living in sin. Yeah. Trust the former Catholic to know. <laughs> I actually felt like Bella's nightmare in the movie made more sense given what her anxieties are. Because, I mean, the movie doesn't talk about the the immortal children. Yes. We brought that up. Um, But so I I guess it like doubly wouldn't make sense for the movies to show like a child. Yeah. In her dream. But I, I also just feel like what the movie did with it made more yeah, sense she has this nightmare before the wedding um or she's at the wedding and then some stuff happens and i had this in the movie nailed it because i did like that they included this imagery which is a thing in the book which is a, a big pile of the dead bodies of her friends and family yeah in the book the difference is that on top of it is this child mm-hmm. which again i still don't know what that means yet mm-hmm. uh, it, unless it's a call unless it was like a weird call forward to renesme or something i don't i don't know um but I liked the imagery, the mystery of the child reading the book, not knowing what that means or what that is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked that imagery in the book, this weird mystery child. And I liked that tease for me of like, what's that? What is that? What What was this dream about? Whereas in the movie, I don't disagree that having her and Edward on top of the corpses of her friends and family yeah, yeah. makes a lot of sense thematically. And with and like with her, like you said, her anxieties and stuff, I think it works. And I liked the imagery of it either way. I just like the added mystery of what does this mean mm-hmm. in the book, which we don't get in the movie. Uh, speaking of the immortal children, the book does a lot of planting of the immortal child thing. Um but we don't really need to know about it until part two. Yeah. So I felt like the movie made a good decision to just kind of almost entirely omit that. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree. I had it in better in the book, but I, I think because I thought it was interesting. But again, mm-hmm. not knowing how the second half of this goes. Yeah. I didn't know if it needed to be mentioned now or not. Yeah. And if it does come up in in part two, then cool. That's fine. I could see not bringing it up in part one. And also, honestly, in the book, I had that 
how classically Stephanie um, it really feels like, oh, this is the first time we're hearing about immortal children because this is the first time it's going to be relevant to the story. Yeah. Like, this has never come up in the lore before, but it's relevant now, so... Yeah. yeah. Here's all of the backstory. Yeah. Classic Stephanie. Uh, the movie added an aside line for Renee as she was giving... Uh, she passes on... Um, Bella's grandmother's like hair comb yeah. to her to wear at her wedding. Um, and she has like an aside line about how she can pass it on to her daughter. Oh, I missed that. Which I thought was a good ad. Um, considering, you know, that we've we've established that Bella won't be having children at this point, but also she's going to have a daughter later. Yeah. So Yeah. The book also added a little moment of Jessica or yeah, sorry, sorry, the movie. I do it all the time. I, <laughs> I, 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 so I do that all the time and I always try to cut and I always, I know I miss half of them. So if I ever yeah. do that, you can do it to me. <laughs> it's, I think it helps. I think it's helpful, but maybe not. I don't know. Sorry. Continue. Uh, but the movie does add, adds a moment of Jessica making like a snide comment about how Bella must be pregnant because why else would you get married at 18? Yes. Um, which I thought was, a good way to acknowledge yeah, because yeah. Bella does have some like anxiety that people are going to think that she talks about it a lot in, in the book. Yeah. yeah. Um, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, but so I thought that was a good way for the movie to acknowledge that while also giving it to a character that yeah. it makes sense coming from. Yeah, it does for sure. Speaking of the wedding, there's a moment that in the book that I was just like, Oh boy. And this is again, a part of this is a, a difference in characterization of book Edward versus movie Edward. I feel like mm-hmm. in the book, they, they, they do the wedding ceremony. They get to the end and they get to the I do's. And the way it is described in the book is that Edward's I do quote rang out victorious end quote. And I was like, really Stephanie Meyer, you're the victorious is the descriptor you want to go for there. And, and I think it, Maybe that makes sense for Book Edward, mm-hmm. although even at this point, he's not Book Edward from beginning yeah, of Eclipse. No. Like, he's not no. the same anymore. But the movie version changes it to just, they say very quiet I do's to each other, like very reserved sort of, you know, yeah, I do's to each other. And I like that decision more than this weird, like, Victoria, I do. I am. <laughs> I have vanquished the vagina. Like, I don't, it's, I don't know. I, I it the way it read in the book was really. I was like, oh god, Ugh. all right. This has got a very weird vibe from it. That there's just I don't know. I was just like, I like the much more personal mm-hmm. way it's it's it comes across in the movie. We're always out here getting weird vibes from Edward. So. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of a fun, cha- a little change at the wedding too. Uh, that right after the ideas is when they kiss. Oh, this is fun. It's a little cheesy, but I think it Mm -hmm. works where the camera spins around them. And as it spins around revealing the audience or the crowd, you know, all the people watching, uh, they're all gone and it's just empty seats. Mm -hmm. And it's just Edward and Bella kissing uh, for like, I don't know, like 30 seconds. Uh, And then it spins back around and then the crowd's all there again. It's a fun little like, you know, kind of just just them like their their moment mm-hmm. there's no one there this is like sort of gets across that idea of of sort of everybody else being like invisible in that moment and just the two of them it's, it's kind of a fun little okay but they totally stole that from the 2005 pride and prejudice oh, did adaptation they? yeah I, I, i've seen that but it's there's yeah. uh 
It's been the years. first time I believe it is that uh, Darcy and Lizzie dance. They're like doing a, a circle movement. Yeah. And as the room revolves, they're like everybody else vanishes and they're the yeah. only ones in the room, which is probably I mean, that probably stole it from somewhere right. else. I don't know. That was going to be what I was but, saying. It's like when I said it's a little cheesy, it's like there's no way it was the first thing to have ever done this. I didn't. But that know was that, what it reminded yeah. me of. Like, that's what I recognized that. Yeah. Um, trope i guess yeah from. it's a clever little thing that i think works well um i don't mm-hmm. know again it's not like yeah it's fun i thought the movie having them walk through a street carnival in rio was kind of sweet yeah i had the same note too i thought it's a it's a little short scene but they're driving to the the dock or whatever to mm-hmm. get on the boat and they see this this party like a street carnival or whatever going yeah. on um, it was like music and food and dancing and stuff. And they kind of walk through it. He like Edward has the the driver stop and they get out and they kind of walk around and, and kind of walk through this party. And it's one of those moments which these movies just don't have enough of, of just them enjoying each other's company. Yeah. Like, well, because there's, no, there's no time fun. for I know, it. I know there's no time for it, but it, and it's a little moment, but it's nice to see them just like have fun together yeah. and be like oh yeah <laughs> like oh they do actually enjoy each other's company yeah. that's nice yeah we only get a second of it but like <laughs> hey look at that look at them being like a, a couple that enjoy things together wow <laughs> great uh, and then they get to their honeymoon and they actually have sex which the book skips over which i mm-hmm. guess i get um, there, there are a lot of rules in young adult publishing about what you can and can't say. There are a lot of rules sex. by the MPAA for yeah. PG thirteen movies, as we discussed in the in the sequel or in the prequel episode, where apparently uh, Kristen Stewart did a bit too much thrusting. Although I bet her doing a bit too much thrusting was in the second sex scene and not the first <laughs> sex scene. But <laughs> um, yeah, there's you know there's actually like a sex scene to some extent. Again, it's a PG thirteen movie made for right. It's not explicit but it doesn't need to be i didn't want it to be explicit i'm just saying that like in the book we're just like they they're in the ocean and then it it cuts to the next morning yeah. and she wakes up and is like wow that was great and i actually didn't even know at first if they had had sex or not until they you know we get a little bit further on i thought oh maybe they just didn't <laughs> like maybe they just like <laughs> sat in the ocean and then came back in um but yeah i you know i felt like it, it you kind of have to have at least a little bit of a sex scene yeah yeah and we get to see him destroy stuff, which is fun. Yes. Because they that's we see the aftermath in the book. We don't right. see it happening. <laughs> we do get to see him destroy the headboard. Although we don't get to see him bite the pillow, which no. is like shred a pillow. I would have loved to see Robert Townsend <laughs> you on a pillow. He was probably like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I will break this headboard, but I am not gnawing on a pillow on camera. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then this whole movie was worth oh, God. it. Just for the brief little oh scene God. they do they do a montage of bella wearing different lingerie in an attempt to seduce edward into having more sex this is with also her. mixed with this is after he stopped having sex and this is also mixed with the montage of them like doing stuff which yeah. is something that happens in the book yeah. of like him tiring her out by like they, going they, hiking they, and yeah. scuba diving and blah 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 they do all kinds of stuff um but it's interspersed with like her in different yeah. sets of lingerie um, and this one little shot where she gets into bed wearing lingerie oh God. and is... she lays down on her stomach and he just <laughs> looks forlornly at her ass and just then covers her with a blanket. Stares right at it for like a solid three seconds. It's you can see it's so hilarious. It's so hilarious. He's just looking right at her butt. 
And then he's just like, eh, no, cover that up. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so stupid and so funny. Uh, we both laughed a lot at that one. Oh, it's amazing. Um, so then we fast forward to um, after Bella has realized that she's pregnant. They're still um, on Isle Azime. She's realized that she's pregnant. And there is the housekeeper character yeah. in both the book and the movie whose name is... Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, K-A-U-R-E. Yeah. Kare? Kare, maybe? Corey? I don't know. I don't know, yeah. Um, But she, um, and we, we establish a little bit earlier in the honeymoon that she's suspicious of Edward. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they, myths. They're, they're myths in this area. They have a myth about... Um, a male demon who, like uh, yeah, like an incubus who seduces and kills beautiful young women. Yeah. And she suspects that that is what Edward is. Yeah. After Bella realizes that she's pregnant, she like loses her mind and is like yelling at him and yeah. um, in the book. Um, but they have a conversation in the movie and I thought it was interesting because we don't know what they say yeah, to each other in, in the book. It's all in Portuguese, which Bella does not know a lick of Portuguese. Yeah. And but in the movie we get subtitles and it's basically Edward like begging her for information yeah. like how how can she survive this yeah. I didn't know this would happen how can she get through this yeah yeah and because the exact same conversation happens in the book but yeah we just don't know what's being said except mm-hmm. for the last line we because she says the same thing Mort yeah which is death or whatever uh, so we got that part but we didn't know and you don't really need it but it is interesting knowing what Edward is is saying and like that he's you know asking for help basically Mm -hmm. is is, it's interesting so then we cut forward quite a bit um this is my next note is after they get back and and this is after jacob finds out and comes over that bella's pregnant blah blah blah, all this stuff happens there there's this moment where jacob goes outside and edward goes out to have a conversation with him and uh there's this moment where so jacob's really mad at him and is like I'm going to kill him or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he gets outside and Edward turns around. I have to read this because it's, it felt, I was like, I have to see this in the movie. I have to see how they do this. Um, Cause it's, I can't imagine this. I can't imagine it. Robert Pattinson doing this for a second. Uh, he stopped without warning and pivoted. To, this is from Jacob's perspective. He stopped without warning and pivoted to face me. His expression froze, froze me again. For a second, I was just a kid, a kid who had lived all of his life in the same tiny sound, just a child, because I knew I would have to live a lot more, suffer a lot more to ever understand the searing agony in Edward's eyes. He raised a hand as if to wipe sweat from his forehead, but his fingers scraped against his face like they were going to rip his granite skin right off. His black eyes burned in their sockets out of focus uh, or seeing things that weren't there. His mouth opened like he was going to scream, but nothing came out. That was the face of a man would have if he were burning at the stake. So basically he becomes the scream. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, I have to know if they're going to do that. Because I can't imagine Edward is not that like that doesn't. Yeah. It's just. And I guess that's the point is it's supposed to be like this is so drastic. Edward is like right. composure is breaking. But it felt I was like that. doesn't. Well, uh. and it, it wouldn't read right. It would just look silly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Because it would just look silly. Like similar to a lot of the other vampire stuff that we've discussed throughout this series. 
there's no way to make him look as otherworldly as yeah. Stephanie Meyer wants him right. to look. Yeah. You just can't be done. That's fair. So in the movie, he's just very visibly upset. And I think Robert Pattinson does a pretty good job with it. The mm-hmm. scene, the way his emotions play out in that scene where he's having a conversation with Jacob feel much more like actually how Edward would handle that situation versus this weird, like literally like over the top cartoon agony that is 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 written in the book i was like there's no way that plays in the movie and they just didn't do it which i thought was a good (laughs) a good call i want to thank the movie for (laughs) dropping the whole part uh where edward tries to convince jacob that oh he could have a baby with bella convince her to have an abortion and and then then you and then offer baby her up (laughs) to have a baby with her she wants a baby she'll get a baby and and then the book he says she can have puppies if that's what it takes. And I was like, why? Why would you say that? Yeah. Why, Stephanie? Yeah. It's so bad. And I was like, oh, I really do enjoy that. Yeah, they dropped this weird uh Yeah. Uh, Edward like begging him to impregnate Bella. Um, which I Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's it it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere for one thing. Jacob doesn't even really bring it up Mm-mm. kind of he does he gets around to it i can't remember exactly how that plays out but it was just such a, it was such a mess i was like oh boy this is again this is another one of those things uh so this whole book feels like fan fiction but this is one of those moments in particular that feels like one of those fanfic scenarios that is yeah. just like what are we do- what are we doing and then again it never goes anywhere so it doesn't really matter it's just there for like weird uh, like vague fan service of some sort. I still I, think I think this must be another moment of Stephanie working out her desire for the werewolf vampire human threesome. Yeah, she's still working through she's it. Still y'all. getting through it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. No, absolutely. Stephanie just needs to live her best life and stop letting Mormonism fuck up all of her uh, her, her vampire werewolf throuple uh, <laughs> life goals that she has. <laughs> Just go go get your vampire werewolf thruple and live your life, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer. Nobody cares anymore. It's 2020. It's fine. You do you. Uh, so there's uh, one of the bi- biggest benefits of the movie, in my opinion, is that we're not in Jacob's head. Yes. <laughs> so I made this joke. I mentioned this in a prequel, but boy, there's not. I thought there was any, wasn't anybody's head I wanted to be in less than like Edwards when we, we talked about Midnight Sun. And then I read the Jacob part of mm-hmm. this book and I was like, no, there's no way this is worse than Edward uh, or this isn't worse than Edward. So I have a few just little beats here of things that we we don't get have to be privy to in Jacob's head in the movie because we don't hear his thoughts. Um, at one point, Jacob thinks Leah is touchy because she winces whenever Sam calls them guys. Yeah. And which we find out later has more deep seated sort of, um, uh, yeah. personal trauma and maybe not trauma is not the right word, but personal conflict uh, about that. Um, but even if it was just like surface level, like not a guy, can you just like call us? wolves or something yeah. man like and it's just one of those things because that, that originally because this is before we find out later about how leah has these sort of you know mm-hmm. dealing with this inner turmoil about not being enough of a, a female or whatever um you know not yeah sort of struggling with her, her her gender identity and stuff like that to some extent that's before we know any of that so when i read it at first i literally just took it as like a very surface level like Jacob is mad that she is like a snowflake. Like she's yeah. like, you know, like 
excuse me. The, uh, you, I would prefer if you used, uh, g- uh, you know, gender neutral terms when addressing the wolf pack. And 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 and, and Jacob's we, like really mad about Jacob's this. Jacob's that person who's like, uh, guys is gender guys neutral. Is gender neutral yeah. I'm from California, yeah. and guys is gender neutral. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it's it just felt very like uh, Jacob always feels like a raging incel in these books. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those moments where it very he, it felt very in line with with online insult discourse of. Um, while we're on the subject of Jacob's thoughts about Leah too, because you don't have this in here, but there's one other point where he's thinking about how when she was like like right after she had started transforming into a werewolf, she had that phase where she would like lose her temper and explode out of her clothes like yeah. they all did. Oh, I do remember and this. He's I, I like, almost wrote this down. Not that she didn't have anything worth <laughs> looking at. Yeah. But I was like, gross. <laughs> That's yeah. gross. Yeah, she's got pretty sweet tits, but like I kinda hate her because she's an annoying bitch. But at least she's basically, got nice tits. <laughs> basically yeah. That's what he thinks. The, the protagonist whose head we're in. Fun. Uh, there's also a line after he uh, finds out Bella is pregnant. He he has this thought in his head where he looks at Bella and, and sees that she's pregnant. And he goes, I didn't want to imagine him inside of her. Cool. Don't. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. Nope. You, you could just not. <laughs> Weirdo. Uh, and also when he goes back, um, as he shows up. He, uh, I don't remember the exact situation. But it's he, like the first time when he goes to the Collins, I think, and realizes that Bella's pregnant. And but he he's like making a plan for how he's going to kill them all. Yeah, something like that. He's like, I'm going to kill him. And again, I don't remember exactly when it happens, but it's something around the first. It's after he finds out she's pregnant. But yeah, he makes he's like, I'm going to kill Edward basically. Um, but he he has also has this thought that he doesn't want to kill Alice and Esme because they're girls. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to kill girls. Yeah. Even vampire girls. Yeah. Great, man. Cool. So chivalrous. Such a white knight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And there's also, uh, this isn't in his head, but this is a line he says out loud um, after he finds out Bella's pregnant that the movie drops, is uh, they're discussing the whole thing, and Edward is like, Carlisle wants to do an abortion or whatever. And Jacob says to Bella, listen to Carlisle like a good girl. <laughs> oh, gross. The uh, only yeah. time the words good and girl should be together in that order is if you're talking about a dog. You're talking about a dog or in very specific bedroom scenarios. That is it. Any other time, it's like one of the more disgusting combinations yeah. of words. Nah. Nah. Talking about dogs, consenting sexual partners. Those are the only times. Outside of that, <laughs> don't do it. So the movie adds some tension between Sam's werewolf pack and uh, the Cullens and everybody who's protecting Bella, yeah. um, which the book doesn't really have. They, we could talk about it a little bit. They kind of just come to a stalemate um, and literally like nothing happens between those two factions, at least up to this point. Yeah. Uh, but the movie uh, adds the idea that the wolves are like actually trying to starve the Collins out. Like they're kind oh, yeah, of like yeah, yeah. keeping them yeah. trapped. Yeah. Um, 
so that they can't go hunt and feed. Um, and I, I thought that was interesting. Or it's at least more interesting than the literal nothing that happens in the book. Um, it raises the stakes for the rest of the vampires, yeah. um, especially since the movie basically cuts all of Alice's drama with not being able to see Bella and the baby. Yeah. Because um, Alice has a whole thing in the book which I don't have it in either of my sections because it was kind of neither really here nor there anything. for me. It yeah, but she has the um, where she's like basically has a headache yeah. all the time because it's not that she like can't see Bella, but yeah. because of the fetus, she says that Bella's it's like, like it's like cloudy and, and like, like focus, yeah, basically. like trying to watch an out of focus TV yeah. and it gives her a headache. Yeah, it's and, like if you had the wrong prescription glasses or something, yeah, you know, like you would get a headache or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, there are a couple of like nice moments, nice between her and Jacob, where she's like, "Oh, good, I'm glad you're here, because at least I can't see anything." Yeah, when you're around, yeah, when you're around, you just like completely block it. So it's, it's like, like a Oof. nice break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree about though having the 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 wolves like actively because that's the other thing the book does is they get to this weird sort of like stalemate where they mm -hmm. the wolf the the other Sam's pack won't attack because their numbers are too low. Yeah. So there's no threat. Like they we just like in the book they're just like ah they're just waiting to see yeah. what happens basically. basically whereas in the movie it's it's more they want it it's it there's more ten tension like it right like they're not gonna attack but the collins can't really leave yeah they can't leave and they don't know what's they don't know they could attack like right, they, yeah. you know they, they but in the in the book they have this conversation that meeting we talked about with like the uh, jared and them uh and jacob and they just sort of come to them like all right we'll just wait and see what happens so then yeah. it, it kind of just dissolves any of the tension whereas the movie leaves that tension hanging to make it and then it kind of resolves it in a way that isn't resolved in the book, which we'll talk about later uh, mm -hmm. here very shortly, um, or at least not resolved in the book yet. I'm sure it probably does to some extent eventually. Um, the movie also drops Bella shit talking artificial insemination and adoption. Uh, she has this conversation where they're talking about like other ways to have a baby or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, but it's not my baby. Yeah, it's not. And it's like, woof, really uh, essentializing the importance of having like a genetic child now. Stephanie yeah. Meyer, that's fun. Great. It's good fun times. Adopt. There's lots of kids that need to be adopted. Go do that. I wonder if they would be able to adopt a human baby. Yeah, I don't know. That would be dangerous for the baby. It's true. Maybe or not the best idea. really, really safe. Because, like, nothing could ever happen to you if your parents are, like, literally invincible. Yeah. Like, as long as they don't eat it. Yeah, which I don't think they would. That's I don't not think an they issue. Would. They're, Edward seems to have it completely under control. Yeah. He pours random blood into cups all the time and doesn't seem to have an issue with it. So he seems pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty much under control. I really liked, uh, there was a little callback to Twilight in this movie yeah um we see edward oh, um right, online yeah. trying to research vampire children yeah he bing it... searches baby <laughs> vampires <laughs> um but it, it looks kind of stylistically similar to the montage in twilight of bella researching yeah you're vampires. right I didn't think of that. that is yeah that's cool which was a moment that we liked in yeah, the first yeah. movie i just completely forgot about it uh, I also like that the movie gets rid of this in the book uh, out of nowhere edward just calls emmett and jasper M and Jazz. And I was like, wait, what? He's got cute nicknames for him? All right. I feel like he's done that throughout. Has just he? Not as much. Because, I don't because we, we haven't interacted all. with the Collins as extensively. No, I agree. Until, until this book. But I, I feel like he has. 
it really caught me off guard and i was like woof don't like that that's weird i don't i don't even know why it's weird not it's just something about he was like em and jazz and it was just like wait what it just felt so out of character for him like calling uh-huh. jasper i don't know i just wasn't expecting it i feel like jasper wouldn't tolerate that's jazz. what i, I think that's, that's what i mean nickname. yeah yeah, I was like, what? Jasper's way too serious to be called Jazz. And, like, I guess I get in sense of maybe, But that would make sense, like, if Alice called him Jazz mm-hmm. or somebody who had, like, a sense of humor. But, like, Edward <laughs> doesn't... You know what I mean? Like, I could see it in certain characters calling him Jazz as, like, a fun, like, prod because he doesn't like it. Uh-huh. But Edward doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's like, <laughs> Jazz, come on, Jazz. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, that's not his personality. At least yeah. it doesn't seem like yeah, it from yeah. what we know of him. Uh, similarly, we never in the movie have to hear Bella refer to the baby as her little nudger. Yes, we do not. Which I hated. Yep, that was gross. I was like, thanks, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, it's weird. And the movie also adds um, a moment where uh, Edward and Bella fight about how she made that decision without him. And I mean, we could debate whether that's icky or not. Yeah, it felt a little weird to me because it, it, it felt a little uh, it felt a little pro-lifey. Like it felt, you know, like that idea of like. But I, I do think that would be a realistic strain yeah. on their relationship. I mean, maybe this is a controversial hot take, but I do think that is a legitimate in, in a relationship that isn't a. In a relationship that is like a committed relationship, yeah, that is, I think, a a tough thing to to figure out to, to discuss mm-hmm. and to. Uh, obviously, it's the woman's choice, and like, you yeah, know, it's her body, her choice, um, that sort of thing. But at the same time, you can't ignore the the impact that that decision has on this other person who is part of that relationship. And so there is, it's a it's a weird yeah yeah it's a weird thing to navigate. But I, I felt like that's why I felt like that was kind of a realistic yeah. thing to put in here. That I agree. like, yeah, they are in a committed relationship, and how do you navigate that yeah. when you have two such differing thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, it, that is interesting. Yeah, it, I, and it's pretty well done. It's just Edward voices his feelings on it, and they don't really ever. It doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, I don't really wrap it up or but, resolve it. But it, yeah, it is interesting, and yeah, I do because I do agree that it is. Um, while, while obviously the choice is hers, it is more complicated when you, when you have, it's, it's complicated and it, and having a discussion about the fact that it is complicated, uh, and, and difficult and emotionally draining and, and emotionally, um, uh, that, that it, it, it affects his life in Mm -hmm. a, in a, in a very realistic way, you know, uh, and he doesn't have a say in it. Not whether or not he should, the fact that he doesn't right. have a say in it does affect him and is thus a thing that they would have to discuss as part of their relationship. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, I, I really liked that the movie dropped the whole, like, number of genes thing. That So Carlisle explains throughout the course of the book that he's been doing research on vampires and humans and werewolves mm-hmm. and stuff and has realized that humans have what 23 genes and vampires have was it chromosomes sorry chromosomes yeah chromosomes not genes pairs of yeah 23 pairs yeah and like jacob has like 24 25 25 like that and the werewolves have 24 or something i they do this whole and it's and i'm like does that even make sense of how it would work Probably not, because also chromosomal numbers 
like there are certain like genetic disorders and stuff that are related to the number of chromosomes mm-hmm. and having more. Cro- I don't know. I didn't do any research and I don't know enough about I it. I feel like neither did Stephanie. Meyer. That's what I, that's what I mean. <laughs> and that's why I feel like it was a good decision yeah. by the movie to just I, cut that, that out. That was something that I felt like she really, she just like threw in there because she thought it sounded interesting Yeah. because it, at least in so far as we've read, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't anything. mean anything. No. So like, why did you throw that in there, Steph? And again, all it made me go is like, oh, I don't think that's how chromosomes work. I don't. <laughs> that seems wrong. Like, I, I don't know enough to tell you that you're wrong, but like, I feel like that's not correct. <laughs> yeah, it was very. I was like, that's a weird. Okay. Another amazing movie moment. Oh, this is the best movie moment. The best movie moment, maybe in the whole series, maybe in my opinion. Um, was Jacob's reaction to hearing the name Renesmee? All of their reactions, but yes. But the best part is Robert Pattinson yes. laughing in the background. Yes, as Jacob is reacting to this name, because I feel like it was Robert Pattinson yes. and not him acting as Edward. The, my favorite. This whole thing could be talked about I, forever because not in the book. This scene plays out very similarly. They mm-hmm. she brings up the names, and she says, "I was thinking of Renesmee. Is that too weird?" And I was like, as I read it, I was like, yes, yes, it is too weird. (laughs) Stephanie Meyer, you clearly know it's too weird because you asked us out loud if it was too weird. What are you doing? It's and then, yeah, the movie was like, absolutely, it's too weird. We're going to all laugh at it in this scene. It's the oh, my God. And both the names, though, Edward Jacob. I mean, she really put. Uh, jk to shame in like bad naming of children (laughs) characters like literally like jk rowling was like boy uh uh, nobody can name uh children of main characters worse than me and stephanie meyer was like hold my mormon beer and (laughs) 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 my non-alcoholic beer Uh, oh my god you had this under the movie nailed it um and i don't know if we got all of your thoughts here because what? you wanted me to ask you what, <laughs> what you thought Renesme was. Okay. So here's the thing. And we're going to talk about this Renesme even more later. Um, but so I had heard the word Renesme. I have never read. I've never watched these movies. Mm-hmm. I had heard. I think I saw a tweet that you or somebody something about the whole Renesme situation. That Uh was like all I knew. And I I was like, Renesme, what? And then, and it was also, I feel like that tweet was in relation to something to do with Jacob's love life. And now I didn't know what it meant yet, (laughs) but it was after I had made my prediction about, I remember seeing this tweet sort of not in context and not knowing and not knowing what Renesme was. In con- but it was in it was after I had made my prediction about Renee coming and, to, and, 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 and Jacob imprinting on her and 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 marrying. God, Renee. I wish that's where Stephanie might right. have taken this. Right. But here's the thing. So when I after I had made that prediction and then I saw that and I swear the tweet was something about in relation to Jacob's love life and about Renee. And I thought it was in relation to my prediction. Mm-hmm. So I was like. And I'm very familiar with the classic fanfic trope of combining the names of couples. (laughs) And I was like, 
I no joke, no joke was like, boy, I didn't see that coming. You're telling me Carlisle dies and <laughs> and uh, Phil dies and Renee and Esme get together. I thought Renesme was absolutely the the name like the like fan the name. Fanfic. Oh my not god. Not even fanfic, the actual in the book. Oh my god. I legitimately thought that I had had spoiled that Renee and Esme ended up together in the end of this book. And I was like what a twist, Stephanie Meyer. I didn't see that one coming at all. I thought my Renee Jacob one was a twist. That was a fucking twist. I was so confused. I was like, wow. And then when it ended up being the baby, I was like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I don't know what I don't know what's real anymore. Uh, honestly, the Renee <laughs> Esme things makes more it sense. It does. It does. It does. Oh my god! It does. Uh, Jesus Christ! To quote an ancient meme that wasn't even funny at the time, still a better love story. Yeah, than Twilight. right. Oh my god! It really, yeah, it really, uh, yeah, huh. Yeah, I legit thought it was a, you know, that makes so much sense yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah, I, makes I thought so it made much sense. sense. Yeah. yeah, I thought it made sense. I was like, oh yeah, Renesmee. That's a stupid name. That would only be possibly be the the fan applied name for their pairing. Yeah. <laughs> is it's the, it's no. their ship name. Yeah, it's their ship name. And oh, Stephanie Meyer made that it come true. I, I don't know. I was, woof, I had no. Yeah, <laughs> uh, was not expecting it to be the baby name. Uh, this is a cha- slight change in the movie, but I, I kind of liked it in the book and the movie. He plunges the syringe into her chest and injects the venom. Uh, but then in the book, he immediately starts like biting her. And at, 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 in both, when I read the book and in the movie, at first when I read the book and he plunged the, the thing into her chest, I was like, boo, you're not going to bite her? That's the whole point <laughs> of this whole thing. You you can't s- sterilely inject your venom into her. Like we've been building up to her, you turning into her vampire for three and a half books and you're not going to bite her? Go fuck yourself. Like I was so mad. And then he starts biting her and I was like, all right, fine, I guess. Um, and but like in the book, the context of embodier is it like helps spread it quicker or something. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they make a slight change that he does the injection, but then he thinks it's not working, and so then he starts like in panic mode, just like biting her. Yeah, which made sense to me. Like kind of like if you're injecting it directly into her heart, like why is he also immediately biting her? Like it seems like you've already done the. But I liked the idea of him panicking, thinking it's not working. And then going, ah, oh, maybe you have to bite him. I don't know. Like, I'll try yeah. bite it. Like, it, it kind of made sense. Uh, yeah. I also just wish he would have just bitter. Like, the plunger thing, the whole syringe <laughs> thing, I just thought was dumb. And, like, they just wanted to do Pulp Fiction. Like, it's just like, uh-huh. okay, what? why? Just have him bite her. That's the whole point of this whole thing is him biting her and turning her into a vampire. Have you read any vampire story ever, ever Stephanie Meyer? Like, what are... <laughs> Have you read your previous three novels, oh, God. Stephanie? It's, it's just, yeah, the plunging a syringe into the chest I was not a fan of. But <laughs> So this movie ends with a showdown between Sam's Wolfpack and the Collins, which is not in the book, at least insofar as we've read. Yeah. Uh, but it makes sense. Yeah, I thought it made yeah. perfect sense. Like I, I can't remember if there's anything... 
uh, similar to this, like, like any any book. direct correlation. I don't think there is. Yeah. But I don't remember. Um, but it is a natural conclusion to the added tension in the movie. Yeah. And it gives us an action scene right it at the end. It gives us an action scene at the end. I also just think it makes sense because they find out Bella died. Like, Jacob yeah. comes, storms out of the house upset that Bella's dead. And Seth and and the, and and the other wolves are in the woods, and they see this, and they and they're like, "Oh, she died." And so they all realize now that Bella's dead, and that part of what was stopping them from attacking was they didn't want to kill Bella. Mm-hmm. Was part of it. Um, so they're like, "Oh, well, okay, now for sure the treaty's off. Bella's dead as a result of the the vampire's action." So then, they, yeah, they come to attack basically to come kill the the baby. And yeah, it's a natural uh, conclusion action scene. Uh, it's it's fine. It's not amazing in the movie, but it's it's kind of fun. We get some we get to watch Jasper punch a werewolf in the face, mm-hmm. which I thought was fun. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, also, there's this moment where uh, because they had to explain this, this is after Jacob imprints. Right. He comes out to fight on behalf of the Collins again. Um, and Ed- Edward realizes, reading his mind, oh, he imprinted on my baby. <laughs> And he explains this to everybody. And Jacob's like, you kill her, you kill me, whatever. Um, It's all dumb. It's all dumb. It's It's all all dumb. dumb, But if you're going to do dumb, do it, I guess. It's so stupid. uh, The last thing I, a couple things I liked uh, is I actually like in the movie, they do this. It's it's a cheap way to do like a best of clip show in Mm -hmm. the movie. But I think it works. They do, as she's getting ready to turn into a vampire, she's essentially dying. Um, and she has like a, you know, the, the, her, her life the classic laugh, her la- life flashes before yeah. her eyes. And we get to see all of it. And we even go all the way back to her as like a baby and see Charlie and Renee together with her as like a baby. And it's this nice little moment. It's a fun fan service thing. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of makes sense in like that classic, like, yeah, life flashing before your eyes thing. And this is her last moment as a human. I think it works. Um, I think it's kind of cool. And then I think the movie's decision to end on her eyes opening yeah, it makes is the perfect it's, obvious it's ending. Impactful. Like, yeah, um, it's also literally how that first section of the book ends. Yeah, with her opening her eyes. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's a big impactful. You know, you mm-hmm. can see her eyes; they're red now. It's like whoa, striking visual image, um, and a, and a good cliffhanger. So yeah, it makes it's perfect. Makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. All right, the movie nailed it. As I expected, practically perfect in every way. Um, Edward and Bella, the night before their wedding, have a conversation about cold feet. Which was like almost line for line Mm -hmm. from the movie. Uh, Bella also says, I'll be the one in white. Yeah, I had this note, too, because I thought this felt like a I remember when I read it, I was like, you know, this feels like a memorable line. Uh, Yeah, Edward says, meet you at the altar as he jumps out the window and she says, I'll be the one in white. And I was like, I feel like that's a line people would want. In mm-hmm. the movie, and they yeah. put it in the movie. So, uh, they also at the wedding, Alice has her pin curls, mm-hmm. which they is a specific thing mentioned in the book um, that I figured people would care about. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also uh, I mentioned earlier that Charlie and Renee give Bella Grandma Swan's hair comb, which they have replaced the stones in to be real sapphires. Which yeah. Also mentioned in both the movie and the book. 
I also thought the movie did a good job with the ceremony space. Mm -hmm. They really nailed the canopy of flowers idea. Yeah. They also don't do their own vows um, in the book or the movie, Mm -hmm. which is something I was really torn on when I, as I read the book and realized they were doing uh, like sort of just traditional vows. I was like, I both desperately needed and dreaded the idea of hearing Edward's vows. (laughs) We actually kind of get a stand in, in the movie when he gives a toast, Mm -hmm. which is, I was like, okay, so we're still getting his vow. All right. Sure. Oh, and Jacob and Bella are dancing at the wedding. Bella says they're going to have real honeymoon. As real as anybody. Real. Emphasis on real. Uh, And Jacob loses his mind. Because we all know the only real way to have a honeymoon is to have sex. That's true. That's a true thing about people. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true, by the way. Apparently, that's what makes it real. Yeah. Because ace people don't exist in Stephanie Meyer's universe. There are a lot of people that don't exist in Stephanie Meyer's yeah. universe. Yeah, this is true. But yeah, the dialogue in that scene is like all identical. Yeah, the whole scene plays out like much. identically. They dance. The, the conversation's all the same. Um, all the lines are the same. Uh, and then, yeah, they freak out and fight. I think the movie is a little bit better in that it adds a you'll kill her. Like Jacob yells like you'll kill her at... Mm-hmm. at um edward during that scene that is not in the book that helps add a little bit of context as to why he's so upset you can kind of suss it out that right he, like w- what the reason is but i wasn't super op- like is it i because i didn't know if it was like just some weird like werewolf like aversion to humans and vamp like some weird like bigotry mm-hmm. almost type thing over like him like hurting her you know what i mean i couldn't i wasn't sure exactly what it was i mean i think for jacob it's all mixed up yeah and like he wants Bella, so there's like jealousy, right. and also he hates vampires, so there's the bigotry thing, yeah. and also Edward is very likely going to hurt Bella, so yeah. there's that. Yeah. But yeah, I think adding a clarifying line was probably a good choice. Yeah, uh, I thought all the last scenes with uh, the the two scenes with Charlie and Renee, uh, Bella's last interaction with them while she's still human, or pretty much identical as mm-hmm. to how they are in the uh, in the book. Slight tweaks in the dialogue, but pretty much identical. Um, and they, they both worked really well. And Renee's worked better in the movie, I think, than it did in the book because we've had a few more interactions with her that we've seen in the movies yeah. versus in the book. As Edward and Bella are driving away from the reception, uh, they hear a sad wolf howl in the night. Yeah. Yes, they do. That's yes. right. Um, the movie nails the awkward once they get to the honeymoon suite. Uh, these these two people who've never had, they're now married and they're going to have sex maybe for the first time and like the awkward tension. Um, it's all very uncomfortable, but it was mm-hmm. red uncomfortable as well. And like Bella like brushing her teeth and shaving her legs a bunch of times and stuff. Um, it all plays out similarly awkwardly in the book and the movie. Which I thought the movie captured it pretty well. And the, and the in particular line, for she's like, don't be a coward. Mm-hmm. And she like goes out to like get in the water with them. And it's it's all it's it's if this if this scene were happening in a different franchise, it would be cute and fun, potentially. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in this where it's like this lead up to like it's been four books of them together and they had to get married and there's all these weird puritanical values and stuff placed on it. And and we know and all those sort of weird um potential outcomes of it it makes it not as cute as it should be like it should you know like it should play out like more fun like uh remember being a teenager or you know remember being young and not not knowing how to uh, initiate sex with your partner and and how that was awkward 
But it's like they're married and and this <sighs> is and this is up on an even higher pedestal than it would be if they were both just humans, yeah. like two normal humans. Yeah. Bopping along. Yeah. So yeah, it is all like the stakes are weirdly high, yeah. and it's just it's not fun, you yeah, guys. It's not fun in the way the movie feels like it is, even though it, yeah, it plays out. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's like looking at it through. Uh, I don't know. It's strange. Uh, the movie nails Alice packing Bella a suitcase full of lingerie. Yeah, yeah, an entire suitcase full of lingerie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of it was really tame. Most of it. Is all just like there was one black thing that she put on that just looked like a club dress. Yeah, like, I was like, "Is that lingerie?" <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah, it's lingerie, but yeah, it, none of it's particularly like crazy. Yeah, it's just like lingerie. It's like all right. Uh, and their moonlight swim. Uh, it's the thing that they do in the book where they go out at night when the first night they get there and they get naked and stand in the ocean together. In the movie, it looks terrible. Yeah, it's not, there, it's not great. Some of it looks okay, but then other close-up shots look like it's... it's. There's, like, this weird hard dividing line in the water between what is, like, CG and what... It, I don't know what was... It, something about the lighting or... I don't know if it was real and and they were green or or they were green screened in. I had a, such a hard time figuring out why it looked so bad, mm-hmm. and I'm still not sure. But it didn't look good. It didn't look like they were just filmed competently standing in the ocean at night. It looked like a whole podgepodge of weird. Uh, were techniques. they maybe like in a pool and they then the like the ocean stretching out into the horizon was green screen? That's my guess is that it's a composited shot of them in like a soundstage water. Yeah. thing or something but it it just i don't know why it was so hard to just shoot them in the ocean like they were at the ocean like they were in yeah. they were they went to this island like very clearly like we we you know we I mean, see yeah them. they filmed somewhere tropical yeah and i remember reading in the prequel note i don't know if i wrote it down but they did go and film for several weeks at like some tropical location it's like was it that hard to take a camera out to the ocean and just shoot them standing in the ocean Maybe it was some sort of weird, like... Maybe there were sharks. Yeah, maybe it was some sort of weird, like, insurance thing. I yeah. have no idea, but it, it it was, like, it looked terrible. It lo- ugh. I guess, yeah, I guess they probably would be expensive to insure. I don't against, know. No. like, shark attacks or drowning. Or just, or... like, yeah, because it's nighttime and yeah. worried about them just, like, getting a riptide or something. I don't <laughs> who know. Who knows? I don't know. I just thought it doesn't look good. And for such, like, a sort of iconic, like, supposed to be really cinematic, like... yeah beautiful moment it's it looks terrible um edward breaking the headboard Mm -hmm. that's from the book of the room being covered in feathers because he bit the pillows yeah we talked yeah we talked about this stuff earlier and uh all the feathers everywhere Mm -hmm. and then this is this is this is also in the book and the movie and it's equally cringe and both is uh after the first time they have sex edward is like no more sex and so Bella just tries to seduce him a bunch mm-hmm. uh, and culminating in one night, she wakes up from having a sex dream yep. and just like sobs and, and guilt trips Edward into fucking her. Yeah. It's real weird. It's real weird. It's real weird. Some real, real uh, repressed some, religious. Uh, some, some really, some stuff that Stephanie should probably yeah. work out. Some real repressed religious uh, tr- uh, sort of, uh, guilt going on there uh, that is uh manifesting in this scene 
And uh, but they do ultimately have sex again, and then they're fine at it now. And he doesn't hurt her this time. And they just now they can just have sex because she gets on top. True, it seemed obvious from it's, the it beginning. Seemed it seemed very obvious. very obvious. I was like, she should just be on she top. Should definitely be on top, because then you won't crush her pelvis. Yeah, <laughs> like with your with your. Then vampire she's in jacket. control. Yeah, and yeah, then I, it'll all be fine. It'll be fine, and it is fine. And that's definitely the scene that they had to reshoot <laughs> because Kristen Stewart was thrusting too much. So the, the movie nailed. Uh, we talked a little bit about her, um, but the the housekeeper who's suspicious of Edward because yeah. of the native legend. And it is a bit of a trope. Like I it felt is. like it's a bit of a like, oh, the you know, the Hispanic yeah, woman the, who knows things and it's yes, like the, the woman of color who the knows magical things. woman of color who knows yeah. things. Yeah. It felt like it's one of those like, It's oh, very tropey. It's very tropey and slightly you know, definitely problematic in some way. But yeah, it's in both of them. Uh, she makes chicken, uh, fries chicken, because she wakes up Just super hungry. Casually fries herself some chicken. Yeah, this is the first time we see Bella cook in the movies, though. True. I mean, think yeah. about that. This yeah. is the first time we see her actually cook something, um, and uh, but it's bad or whatever, or she thinks it's bad. And yeah, she, she, she barfs it she up like immediately, up. and then she realizes that she's pregnant, and she has. A, the teeniest little pooch <laughs> yeah, in her it, belly, which it's like not noticeable man. on on Kristen Stewart. It's literally just like everyone with a uterus has that little pooch. Like if you have a uterus, you're never going to get your stomach like completely flat. Yeah, because that little pooch literally is your uterus. Yeah. So take note. If you have a uterus and you're wondering why you can't get your stomach, that's why it's your anatomy. You're welcome. Um, but that's that's literally what it is on Kristen Stewart. But we are meant to believe that she has a little a little baby bump. And she is she's and I noticed it in the beginning of this movie. She's thinner in this movie than any of yes. the previous two. And I don't know. I, I don't know if that was a choice because it wouldn't surprise me if that was a choice for later like when she right. becomes when, pregnant yeah, when and they gets have to make her look like super, super skeletal and yeah if maybe she she got down as thin but as yeah, she could she healthily is, or something she is like, incredibly thin yeah in especially and she's thin in the first movies but comparatively like she's yeah. like yeah very like bony. model thin in this one yes um so she notices her little alleged baby bump um and then feels something move and alice calls them because yeah, something has gone wrong. And and Edward's reaction during that whole phone call is like identical to it is what it is in the book. Like mm -hmm. he just doesn't move, he doesn't react, he doesn't say anything until all of a sudden he just starts going and he picks up and starts talking to Carlisle. But I thought, yeah, it plays out pretty much, uh, pretty much identically. Yeah. And I thought, speaking of uh, Bella looking like a skeleton, that is how it's described in the book. You know, she's like just completely emaciated. And I thought the movie did a really good job of that. I mean, it's horrifying to mm -hmm. look at a lot like it's very uh ugh. but yeah she does look and I, again i think part of that is because she did and and maybe it was on purpose for this lose mm -hmm. a fair amount of weight before this movie or whatever and then yeah they add some effects on top of that probably prosthetics and cg mm -hmm. and stuff and she looks yeah and there's a lot of like shading going yeah. on yeah. to make her like look to make it look like her bones are popping out even more yeah and then and... there are some shots are like full-on prosthetics like when she's standing in front of the mirror that one time you see like her shoulders and stuff yeah. that's just like a, a prop body yeah. or something like that but yeah it, it's it's all they they capture that pretty well and it's it's mm -hmm. it's upsetting it's not it doesn't look doesn't look good um uh, the movie gets to it slightly differently than the book does but bella does end up calling oh, yeah. rosalie 
Yeah, she does. She calls her up and it's like, I need you to help me birth this <laughs> demon child. And they did nail uh, Rosalie's obnoxious overprotectiveness. Like she's mm-hmm. just uh, completely obnoxious the whole time. Um, she like insists everybody calls it a baby instead of a fetus. They're all, and, you know, like anytime anybody calls anything other than a baby, she's like, baby, it's a baby. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Um, I talked about uh, the the movie pretty much nails Edward asking Jacob to try and talk some sense into Bella. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the baby breaks her bones and stuff. The fetus is like oh, cracking yep. her bones, which is She's like cracking ribs and yeah. They think maybe her pelvis cracked at some point, yep. and it does break her spine during the birthing scene, yes, which is it does. gnarly. And it takes. We talked about this earlier. It takes so long. Oh, it takes them so long. This is so obvious. It's so obvious. The baby needs to drink blood. Yeah. The baby needs blood. It's half vampire. It's half of vampire. Of course it needs blood, you guys. They let, they let Bella sit and... and She's starving to death. Starve to death down She's to skin away. She's wasting away. And then, and then Jacob's like, stupid blood-sucking vampires. And they're like, what did you say? <laughs> Wait, do we drink blood? <laughs> like I'm like, wait, what? It took literally Jacob. Okay, great. Not D- Carlisle. You didn't consider maybe the the half vampire baby might need some blood. Uh, he calls himself a doctor, right? I was like, this is okay, but it's the same in the movie and the book. It takes Jacob yep. just thinking about it yep. for them to come up with that. Uh, and so then dumb. the scene where Edward realizes that he can hear the baby's thoughts is pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the venom, uh, the venom injecting the venom, venom into, the, into her heart. I'm not a big <laughs> fan of it, but it was in the book. So my final note is the imprinting scene. It plays out the same. Jacob's coming in to kill Renesmee and he's walking up and then, you know, she turns around and he sees the baby's face and Oh my god, I, I I laughed out. And now I had heard tale of there being a CG baby that looked terrible. I'd never seen it, but I had heard tell <laughs> of of this of this abomination. It's been memed. Yeah. And uh boy, I it lived up to it. I laughed out loud at the moment where they he sees the baby's face and it's this weird CG baby face. Um, and he falls he he imprints and we get this like voiceover of drops to his knees. Yeah. It's so dumb and terrible in the movie, but it's it's a dumb, terrible thing. Yeah. It's a dumb, terrible decision in the book. So it's it, it deserves terrible. it's all terrible and it deserves such a dumb. Ter- the see the baby shouldn't have been pretty. It should have been a weird, ugly CG baby. It would have been weird if it was like <laughs> somehow a pretty. I don't even or a normal human face. Ba- I, none of it would have been good, no matter what. Making it a weird, memeable alien like <laughs> plastic CG abomination is exactly what this scene deserved, so. <laughs> okay. Jacob imprinting on the baby. Can we just go ahead and talk about this real quick, or do you want to talk about it later? Did we have it later? I mean, I we don't can talk know. about it now. I didn't have any Let's there. just talk yeah. about it now. Because the thing that is so hilarious to me is that Stephanie Meyer breaks a fucking sweat writing, trying to convince us that it's actually not yeah. weird guys, that you I can imprint actually on, a, on a child. It's actually she's like, guys, it's actually fine. It's not weird at all. 
Guys, it's actually not pedophilia. It's a febophilia, and actually, it's totally it's natural. It's not weird. <laughs> it's not weird because they don't feel that way, and they'll just be like whatever, whatever yeah. that whatever she needs at that time. It's actually not weird, guys. It's but not guess weird. what? It's weird. It's still weird. It's still weird. It's still. It's, There's it's no not way. Okay. There's no way to do it. There's no way. It's, it's just such an insane decision. It's yeah. such an insane decision. It's just such a weird, and I. You know, I don't, I have no idea what it, if it, I, I, I can't even speculate if it comes from some, cause you know, there's Mormonism, there's traditionally certain sects of Mormonism. There was, you know, like uh, there were, uh, you like, like, like with the, the, um, polygamy and stuff, there were like mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. and I, I no idea if it comes anywhere from that at all. Like I have no idea if that's like anything to do with what, if there's any sort of uh, background with that. And why she made this decision. No idea. But it is such a weird decision that it feels like there has to be some sort of explanation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there has to be. Because who, why would you ever do it? And she knows that it's weird. Yeah. She, she knows. Goes to great she goes lengths. to such great lengths trying to convince us that it's actually not weird at yeah. all. I promise, guys. But, it's it, not weird. but it is. Yeah. It's, it is. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what it's so wild to me. And which is what makes me think that there has to be some reason. Yeah. Like some more deep seated. Like reason. there's there's something there. Yeah. I just don't know what. And I don't know if I want to know what. No, I yeah. I, I Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it's. It's wild. It's such a wild choice. It's such a wild because you could you can still do the imprinting thing, which is already weird anyways. Yeah. And just make it with other adults. It's such a. <laughs> no brainer like i don't your idea about renee yeah perfectly valid would have accomplished basically the same thing renee's a hottie go get her jacob like what are you doing (laughs) like i don't uh, so dumb it's yeah (laughs) so dumb all right that was it for the movie nailed it it's time for Brian predicts the Twilight Saga. It's gonna happen, Edward. Everyone's favorite new segment. This uh, this is my last one. Yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, we'll have my my. We'll have the follow up. The follow up, but, part two, but. Um, and these these aren't as good this time. Um, and some one of them I think I had to change because <laughs> I'll have to see because I made so I made my second predict. We're gonna go over my my original predictions here first. So. Uh, predictions for Breaking Dawn Part 1. Uh, one, first one, Bella finally becomes a vampire and they finally have sex. Uh, this will be the end of movie one. Uh, I'm still holding out hope for him turning her as they climax during the first time having sex, but not holding out too much hope. Uh, I still don't know why that wasn't what happened, but whatever. Uh, I, I bet that they have sex and then sometime after something goes awry and Edward has to turn her to save her. So yeah, basically. I basically got this one right. Basically, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They they do have sex. Something does go wrong, and he does have to turn her as a result. So there you go. And it was the end of the first movie. Uh, my second prediction was that Sam would die, and Jacob has to assume leadership of the pack. Uh, we I, and this is where I mentioned there's a whole plot line that's dropped from Eclipse, where Jacob is second in command, or dropped from the movie of Eclipse, where Jacob's second in command, but he should be the alpha, but he didn't want it. Blah blah blah. And I'm thinking someone important had to die eventually. Mm. Uh, again, no one dies if you don't count Bella. Because she comes back to life, right. but I mean, yeah. Uh, but they, so that so Sam doesn't die, but Jacob does become the alpha of his own pack. So half yeah, points, kind of half kind right of. there. I am still amazed that nobody important has died, though. Mm-hmm. Like n- not at all. It's weird. 
still have like I know like 400 we have the, pages I, of book. I know we have the and I'm sure somebody will eventually. But uh, and then my last prediction was about uh, the yeah <laughs> the Renee <laughs> the Renesme <laughs> my Renesme <laughs> prediction my completely different or not Renesme sorry my uh, re, 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 Genesme I don't know whatever <laughs> uh, that Jacob and Renesme would uh, in, or no. Jacob and Renee would end up together and I was close and yet oh so far <laughs> <sighs> yeah so far so I want to ask you how much of Jacob imprinting on the baby was spoiled for you ahead of reading like I want to know if that was something that was spoiled by like cultural osmosis or if you were it was spoiled before I got to that point in the book, uh-huh. but it was not spoiled before I wrote these predictions. Okay. I had seen maybe even a meme you posted or something in between starting to read this mm-hmm. and getting to the point where that happens. I had had it spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that I had not, I had no idea. Okay. So it was a surprise in that regard. Like during the reading of this book, it did surprise me. And I was like, what really? Um, But I did find out before I got to that point in the book. But I didn't know when I wrote this prediction originally. See, because me, like rereading this book, the first half, knowing that Bella gets pregnant, I was like, like every time she has a dream about a baby, I was like, oh, Stephanie just out here giving away the whole plot. Every single time Bella dreams. Um, I did also pick up a lot of hints because it got spoiled. Like right after I started this, I saw uh-huh. a tweet or something about it. Uh-huh. Um, so it was spoiled pretty early in me reading this. And I did catch a fair amount of hints in the book as to the potential what was going to happen. Yeah. Like all the lead up to about all the talk about imprinting. Yeah. And and um Yes, and, all of the stuff with Jacob is breadcrumbed very heavily yeah. as well. Yeah, and uh there's there, there's even stuff um like there is one point where he says to Bella like I'll never be part of your family. And I was like, huh. huh there huh. was there was something else even that Jacob was talking about that because I knew what it was, I was like, "Oh, um, and I swear it had to do with him talking about like, I don't remember because I didn't write it down, but there was something about his, his describing like his, his, his how he's drawn to Bella or yeah. something or some, there was something that felt very much like a, uh, and it was after she was pregnant mm-hmm. that felt very much like. Cause he, he talks about how like he, he keeps going back to like, that the draw is so strong and like he wants to leave, but he yeah. like can't leave. Yeah. Yeah. There was something I was just like, oh, okay. And like, again, yeah. cause since I knew at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it I, wasn't, uh, yeah. If I may take you back for a moment to 2008. Okay. When I read this, yeah, I got this book probably the day it came out if not very shortly after. And I read this book. I stayed up all night reading this book because as we've discussed, mm. I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. And up to, up till this point, 
really just loving everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. So I stayed up all night reading this book. Um, And the pregnancy thing, I was like, okay, I didn't... uh, I actually did kind of see that coming, but we can talk about that at another point. Um, Because I have something that I'm going to post online for you guys. I was like, I don't love it, but sure, whatever, fine. But when he imprinted on that baby, (laughs) picture me, 18 years old, sitting up all night reading this book. It's probably like 2 a.m. by the time I get to that point. And I'm reading this and I just went, what (laughs) the fuck? So loudly that I was concerned I had woken up my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that the first time fandom disappointed you? Like that the, was that the first memory you have of being crushed by a, a property you loved? <laughs> you know, it might be. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. It's not it's good. It's not good. Yeah, not good. it's not good. All right, I have a few more predictions for Breaking Dawn Part Two. Oh, do I need to? This is the one I think I might need to change. So here's my first prediction. I wrote this before Part One, before I read. So here we go. After the pack finds out about the Vulturi that they're coming for Bed uh, Bella, that sort of thing. This sparks a big conflict between the Colons and the pack, resulting in a brief fight where one of the Colons and one of the pack is irre- irrevocably injured. This strains their tenuous relationship, and we're worried the Colons will have to face the Vulturi alone. Ultimately, the pack shows up to help save the day. So there is this tension. Mm-hmm. So I guess this still kind of works. And we even had the fight work. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, nobody was hurt, necessarily. Um but we we still have that tension, but it's also complicated now by the fact that like there's two packs kind of like mm-hmm. what I what I would change this to now, potentially this isn't a prediction though this is just what I think well I guess it is a prediction but based on what happened after this part one it would be my guess is that we're gonna get wolves on both sides, but maybe not mm. uh, like potentially it would be that like Jacob and his pack will fight on the side of the Collins and them versus the Volturi and the Vol- and and um oh you think Sam's pack might Sam's side pack might with side with the Volturi oh interesting that would be my hmm. different prediction after this one hmm. so that we can have wolves and vampires fighting each other on both sides you get that that way hmm. so uh second prediction Jasper dies. He's lived a long, super tortured existence, uh, living with the guilt of not only being a Confederate soldier, <laughs> but also m- m- murdering all those newborns for the Southern Vampire Wars. He needs to go. Uh, this is also, if you remember, my wish, my wishes for uh, Breaking Dawn, which I'll, I'll come back to those after part two, was that uh, since I thought uh, Phil was going to die and Jasper's going to die. No. Yes, I don't remember. Somehow I had Alice ending up with Renee. No. Who did I have Alice ending up with? I feel like it was Renee, and you were maybe predicting that they were going to go, like, open a bakery or something That was what it was, but I don't remember why or how. It doesn't matter. (laughs) We'll get back to that eventually. (laughs) But Jasper dies. That's my prediction. Somebody has to die. Somebody that matters has to die eventually. I feel like... Bell and Jacob, uh, final prediction. 
for Breaking Dawn Part Two. This is the the end of the series prediction. Bella and Jacob eventually but do, do you go mean to Dart. Bella and Edward. Yes, sorry, Edward. Why did I write? Bella and Edward do eventually go to Dartmouth. Bella majors in literature with a focus on British modernism, and Edward majors in musical theory. They are that obnoxious college couple. No one likes them. The end. (laughs) I did read some fanfic that was like that. I can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) They go to Dartmouth and and get uh, uh, pretentious majors, and uh, they're Mm -hmm. obnoxious, and nobody likes them. We had a lot of fanfic where Bella and Alice were roommates. <laughs> yeah, she's got a, yeah, where's she going to school? We don't ever know what she's up to. Presumably also Dartmouth, <laughs> but who yeah. knows? I mean, hopefully. All right. Uh, we got a few odds and ends, and then we'll get to the final verdict. All right, so my first note on this series, and this is this is not really a spoiler, but I guess kind of a spoiler since as far as we've read, we haven't actually interacted with Vampire Bella yet. Yeah. But I would like to know why Bella is not granted prophetic powers like Alice as she has pretty prophetic dreams yeah. all the freaking time. That is a good question because she definitely does. Yeah. Like clearly she has that the the predisposition to that Stephanie. So she doesn't get that. I would be interested to see if she gets any vamp any any powers, like any specific powers. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not there yet. She's still learning how to hear things. So <laughs> <laughs> she's still seeing in crystal 4K, so. <laughs> Edward says that he doesn't ask Charlie's permission for for Bella's hand in marriage because he wants to respect Bella's choice in the matter. I was like, all right. Okay. Sure. And this book full of like the most puritanical values ever, all of a sudden we're like, ha, I'm not gonna ask your dad for your hand in marriage because we're progressive like that. Also, I won't fuck you until we're married. Like it's come on, it's stupid. <laughs> Um, I mentioned in the prequel to this episode that on the morning of her wedding, Bella gets up and makes pancakes for Charlie. (laughs) Yeah. Also, go check this out. I've been reading the hardback version. This is on page 39. She makes him pancakes. And then on the same page, what were your editors doing, Stephanie Meyer? On the same page, Scarlet's Charlie later scowls into his cereal bowl. He does. It's part of a balanced breakfast, Katie. <laughs> You've seen the commercials. Pancakes and cereal. Yeah, you got pancakes, cereal, <laughs> fruit, a glass of orange juice, and uh, bacon and eggs. It's part of a balanced breakfast. <laughs> this chapter was sponsored by uh, General Special Mills. K. General Mills, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when they get to the island, speaking of food, they get to the island and Edward is like cooking eggs all the time mm-hmm. for her. And then specifically, he makes her like a very good omelet, apparently. And this is one of those little details that just really, really bothered me because the idea is that Edward has lost the ability. We've talked about this in the Midnight Sun episode and other things. 
Edward has lost the ability of knowing how to act around humans. That's yes. why he's such a weirdo around Bella. It's yes. like he doesn't remember how to act around humans and he doesn't know how to he's like doesn't know what to do because he can read people's minds and he's forgotten how to like be a normal person. But he knows how to cook a, a, a four a three egg omelet to perfection. Omelets are fucking hard. I cook them all the time. I still fuck them up most. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it that he can. He doesn't cook. Who does he cook for? Okay. So when we talked about Midnight Sun, we also talked about how Stephanie Meyer did a lot of retroactive question answering. Yeah. And this question is answered uh. in Midnight Sun. He at one point, like right around when he starts hanging out with Bella and he's like, oh, I have to think about all of her needs as a human. Yeah. I have to remember that she has to, like, eat and sleep and stuff. Yeah. And he thinks to himself, oh, I'll learn to cook. And then I'm, like, better for her because I can cook for her. Fair enough. So, okay. question answered. Question asked and answered. <laughs> I Because that was really annoying to me. I was like, okay, he forgets how to be a human, but he can still cook. Okay, great. Fantastic. Here's a weird thing about Bella that's never been discussed. She calls both of her parents mom and dad, but she thinks of them and like outside of their presence always refers to them as Charlie and Renee. Now, we cover that in Twilight because she tells us in Twilight while we're in her perspective that she hasn't spent like a ton of time with Charlie. So she doesn't really think of him as like dad. Yeah. Um, but she does the exact same thing with Renee and it's never acknowledged. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah. She doesn't just say mom in her head. Yeah. Because like when I'm thinking of my mom, I don't think her name. I think mom. Yeah. Same with my parents. Yeah. I just think of my parents like mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's weird. weird. That is very strange. And it's weird that we're given a reason for Charlie, but not Renee. Yeah. We could have probably put this in better in the book. Um, but the, there's a sweet uh, book cover call out in the movie. <laughs> they, they While they're on their honeymoon, they play chess. It's one of the things they do when they're not having sex because they can't do that because, you know, uh, they play chess. And the, the chess set is it's the chess set from the cover of Breaking yes, Dawn uh, with the red chess pieces. Yes, it is. And I was like, oh, I see what you did there moving. They fig- I mean, they did the apple. They got to keep doing them. They've done all of them. I don't remember about the the, the eclipse one. I don't. I don't think they did a. Ribbon but they or did anything. that in the begin. It's funny because they did that in the beginning of New Moon. There's that shot of the red scarf blowing through the air, like in the because it's a flash forward from my memory, oh. or it's like a flag or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a flash yeah. forward to the Italian when, when city at in, the end. Yeah, and there's like a red flag or mm-hmm. scarf or something like blowing through the air that's reminiscent of the eclipse cover. But but the the flower that there's it's reminiscent of there's a moment in in New New Moon where um after she gets all the cut up in the mm-hmm. blood, um uh, oh with tr- like the gauze he's the gauze and, yeah, the, the bloody, bloody gauze, gauze he puts it in a bowl and it looks kind of similar to the flower. Uh, and that's funny too because New Moon was the only one that I didn't find any like fun facts explaining the story behind the cover image yeah. for. Yeah, it's just like a cool red and white flower. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they, I figured, I guess after they did the, they made the 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 apple cannon, they're like, we got to make the rest of this stuff cannon. <laughs> they're playing chess with a red chess board. Keep the dream alive. Yeah. 
You know what is super bogus? In neither the book or the movie do we get any kind of bachelorette party for Bella. Yeah. There's mention of Edward getting a bachelor party. Which is just them hunting. Which is just them hunting, but still. Yeah. yeah. I demand an <laughs> Alice-planned bachelorette <laughs> yeah, party. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, that was a, they were missing out there. Yeah. Would have been a shindig, for sure. Uh, so this is a question I had more so watching the movie, but also while while the book and maybe it's addressed and I just never paid attention. Why don't they just because Carlisle is able to acquire human blood mm-hmm. from the blood bank right. for Bella, like ethically and yeah, legally, just like buys it or whatever. Yeah. And they have we know all the money and yeah. the, like they're infinitely rich. Why don't they just buy human blood and drink that? Is it because they're worried they'll like go the they'll eat people if they like maybe. it's like a cold turkey thing like if they're well maybe i feel like there's possibly a couple explanations here one i could see carlisle having some kind of hang up on like oh we're taking blood from people who need it right also i don't know that stephanie meyer would think to do this but I could see in like other vampire properties where there there could be a thing about like it doesn't satisfy their like primal right. animal urge to go out they and have to hunt, like kill something, yeah, in order for it to like count or whatever, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like killing an animal still counts or whatever. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and, and yeah, I think what you're saying about Carlisle, but I also think also uh, when they started doing this was at a time where it wouldn't be easy. Yeah. Because they started centuries ago. Right. Where they could hunt animals, but they couldn't easily get, yeah. you know, uh, donated blood. And yeah, there is obviously, uh, very famously, there's routinely giant shortages of blood. It's right. not like it's super plentiful all the time. Um, I'm just saying, I was just thinking because they're so rich and stuff that it wouldn't be Right, they could easily to, buy blood. But at this point, they've been doing the animal thing so long and it works, you might as well, there's no reason not to. Of course, if we keep endangering and extincting all of the big predators what are they gonna do well and then you know that's the other thing though is, uh, <laughs> I, I think arguably ethically sh- unless it's taking blood from people who need it for other things right drinking human donated blood would be more ethical than hunting and killing animals right because I, I like ethically I, I i think ethically this is a whole different discussion. <laughs> Ethically, I think veganism is probably correct. I think like that's like uh-huh. probably the right way. Ethically, if you're gonna have a consistent moral moral ethical stance, probably should be vegan. Again, that's a whole other discussion for another. I'm not a vegan, so I'm clearly not you know, I'm not even a vegetarian. But I I think I think that's the thing I'm failing at more than it's like I I can uh, justify my non uh, vegan lifestyle. That being said. So I think it's arguable that ethically it would actually be more moral for them to drink donated blood mm-hmm. than to like hunt and kill animals for their blood. I don't know. Just saying. Anyways, it's interesting. It's yeah. an interesting thought. It's interesting. I do wonder if they have a negative impact on like animal populations yeah well but they kill they kill predators and prey in like equal parts i feel like because they kill deer yeah. sometimes too but they also kill yeah but like... there's like a lot of deer and there's yeah. like not that many mountain lions and That's grizzly true. bears yeah it must be <laughs> that they have to hunt them and kill them because they could just grow 
they could just they could just have a farm. That's they're rich, true. You know what I mean? That's true. They could just raise livestock. They could just raise livestock. So clearly there must be some something in the hunting and yeah. stuff like and again, that's never touched on, but maybe there must be some sort of magic in that that makes it yeah. work or something. <laughs> Cuz yeah, they could just raise livestock. <laughs> I see all the holes in your plot, Stephanie. But also, to be fair, I think the hunting and getting them, that's more ethical than raising livestock. So who, I don't fucking know. (laughs) It gets more and more complicated. Carlisle, me and Carlisle need to sit down and hash this out. (laughs) Carlisle would be really into having a really deep ethical conversation about the merits of of, uh, drinking donated blood versus hunting animals versus raising livestock. You know, he would be really into that. First, he's rich enough. We can synthesize proteins that are very. Oof, there's so many. <laughs> I want. I want. Uh, I want a three-hour podcast where Carlisle sits down <laughs> and discusses the ethics of being a vegan vampire and all the ways he's. Because there's no way he hasn't thought through it every which way to Sunday. Like there's, he's he's thought through it all. So I, I want to pick his brain on it. <laughs> so I went on on a journey. <laughs> During the wedding scene of this movie, because the song that plays as Bella is walking (laughs) down the aisle, um, it's, uh, it's by the band Sleeping at Last. It's Turning Page, Mm. Sleeping at Last. And I love that song. And I had no idea that it was featured in this movie. (laughs) And I was actually going to suggest that to you as our first dance. (laughs) But now I feel like we can't have it, not just because she walks down the aisle to it, but then later on they have sex to it. If it was just her walking down the aisle, I might be like, ah, okay. But then they have sex to it. (laughs) I think that's an even better reason to have it as our first dance song, personally. But It's also a little long, but... (laughs) That's amazing. That's hilarious. They also my last note is that they discussed that they don't know the uh, the anatomy of the fetus because the ultrasound won't go through the the placenta or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like a it's because it's a vampire. It's got like it's like stone or something. <laughs> it I don't has know. its own like shell casing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they can't see with an ultrasound to see what the anatomy of the of the fetus is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just I went off on a. <laughs> On a tangent of like, well, how, I wonder how a vampire would do like a gender reveal party. Do you think they'd burn down the entire Washington coast if they? Carlisle would feel very bad about yes, it. Yes, he would. Yeah. They would have to run around and put out the fire themselves. Yeah. To appease their guilt. You know, the way we kill gender reveal parties is we call them what they actually are, which is anatomy reveal parties. And then everybody's like, that's a stupid name. And this is stupid. Why are we doing this? And then they die. I feel like. Yeah. We just got to get pushed. It's like, oh, you're having an anatomy reveal party. And they're like, what? No. Yeah, you are. (laughs) You clearly don't know what the fucking gender of your baby is. You're having a does it have a penis party? That's what you're doing. They give the baby a little trench coat. Why, wait, why a trench coat? <laughs> because it's a flasher. Right, okay. I don't know. I, I got the flasher thing and it made me laugh, but then I didn't realize how that related to vampires because I was talking about the vampire, how they would do uh, uh, an anatomy reveal party. 
I don't know. They would have to, like, you would have to figure out a way to dye the blood of an animal. And then, like, <laughs> bite it and yeah, spray blood. It sprays pink or blue blood. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That, yeah, that would something like that. That would probably be the way to do it. I mean, that's the analog to, like, cutting a cake and yeah. it's full of, like, blue MMs uh, or some shit, uh, right? Yeah. Also, just hashtag canceled gender reveal parties. Uh, yeah. It's fucking dumb. Gender's a construct. All right. Uh, Katie, do you have any other? Uh, I have a couple more things. Um, one thing that I just want to mention, because I've noticed that this is something that happens in like every Twilight movie, is that whenever we enter a scene in the Collins house, they're always just posed about the room like they're in an Austin movie. Yes. They're always, they're just like, they're like posed like behind the couches and like perched on chairs. As though we have just walked into like a scene in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, they really it's it's pretty great. I do like that. I do appreciate that. That's fun. I'm a fan <laughs> of that. My last thing here. Um, could we not have just made this a use protection no matter what moral? This like, seems like I the feel moral. like that should be the moral. Like they thought they were safe and they yeah. didn't need to use protection, yeah. but oh. Turns out you actually should always use a condom. Who's who's rewriting the woke version of this? <laughs> I want that. I want I want woke Twilight. I want Twilight where the yeah the message is that you know uh, use protection, but then they didn't. So then she just gets an abortion and is fine and everything's fine. And then yeah. and then you can write in my thing with Renee. Like yes, like it's just all. <laughs> and then Jacob can imprint on Renee. And we can just have this can all be fine. We can make it all fine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, yeah, use protection. That's, it seems obvious, but it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's not, it's, uh, you know, conservative yeah. religious background. That's not, that ain't the answer. That ain't it, chief, as the kids say. Are the kids still saying that? I have no idea. I feel like when I start saying something, it probably means yeah, the no, kids aren't saying it not. anymore. No. Yeah, definitely not. No. Yeah. All right, it's time for the final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. The book does a couple things fine. Uh, the book does a better job with Stephanie Meyer's lore, yes. um, especially in regard to the wolves and how their pack mechanics work. Uh, the book does a better job in general showing Jacob coming around to some of the Cullens, uh, particularly the beginnings of his friendship with Edward and the soft spot that he gets for Esme. Uh, the book also tackles the body horror in a much better way. The movie does us the major service in not making us suffer through Jacob's fucked up perspective including his aforementioned misogyny and his self-hate, which is much more violent and externally aimed than Edwards is. Like, I would honestly rather read this entire series from Edwards' perspective than from Jacob's. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Which is what you're getting, so hey. <sighs> Better not. The movie also gets rid of some of the yikesy stuff like Jacob baking gay jokes yeah. and Leah wondering if she's not female enough. Uh, however, the movie isn't 
able to fully get away from Stephanie's pro-birth crusade. Uh, and we still end up with a lot of gross and gross-out moments. Um, I want to do a more succinct sum up of how I feel about these adaptations as a whole in comparison to the book after we've watched part two, because I, I feel like that's a more fair way to do it. Mm -hmm. But for now, here's what I'll end with. I enjoyed watching the movie more than I enjoyed reading the book. So for this time, I'm going to give it to the movie. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to co-sign this. Uh, I think I'll also have more to say after part two, but the first half of this book was just not good. Yeah. It's it's a mess of weird fanfic and fan service mixed with pacing issues and problematic themes. The movie is able to cut out a lot of the worst stuff, uh, which makes it slightly more enjoyable. And there's also some silly, like, self-aware stuff that mm -hmm. is just funny. Like the, the you know, the, this particular the scene with the Renesmee name reveal scene completely self-aware completely taking the piss and very funny as a result of it apart from the stuff the movie cuts out it's basically one-to-one -one of the book like yeah it, it, there's it, a the, lot of stuff that's just it's the same. just the same um and so the book's bad the movie is also bad but a little less bad so the movie wins i guess <laughs> movie's better the winner by default <laughs> the best way to win yeah all right, that's it for our Breaking Dawn part one episode. First things first, you can do us a giant favor, head over to patreon.com slash this film is lit. Support us for two, five, 15 bucks a month. Get access to all kinds of stuff. Uh, for five bucks a month and up, you get access to our Midnight Sun review where Katie talks about Midnight Sun for an hour and a half. If you enjoy our Twilight episodes, go check that out. It was a lot of fun. You can also do us a giant favor uh, by going to iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, uh, or giving us a five-star review there. Uh, helps out a lot. As I mentioned at the beginning of this, we're not, uh, there's no prequel episode. There is a prequel episode. Let me explain this properly. Next Wednesday, a week from when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it, the day it comes out, we are doing Breaking Dawn Part 2. Yes. So there's not a two-week gap. Yes. But we still wanted to do a little mini yes. episode. We want to get some feedback from you guys yeah. on how you feel about the Part 1 movie. Um, and then we're going to preview the movie part two yeah, uh, and that sort of thing. So we're going to have a little short, like probably a, a little, little bit little shorter. A little mini-sode. It's, it's, it's still a prequel episode. It's just going to be potentially a little bit shorter. No learning things. Uh, well, yeah, we no won't, we won't have a learning things. We won't have a book preview. So yeah. Um, and depending on how much feedback we get, yeah. I think we'll it'll be a, a little bit shorter, but it'll it come is. out this weekend sometime. Yeah. Um, we're not sure when, probably Saturday or Sunday uh, in that ballpark. Um, and that'll be the, the prequel for part two, but then part two will be out next week. So that's that. Um, and also if you're listening and if you want to give us feedback, um, if you're somebody who usually does give us feedback on, on our, on our episodes, um, and if you want to weigh in on part one, oh, yeah, you need to do it like, like yeah, Friday. please like get your thoughts out there quickly so that yeah. we can get it into the episode. The post will be up very quick after this comes yeah. out. Um, and we're either recording Friday or Saturday. So before. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably put the posts up like Thursday. Yeah. So. Try to get your, try to get your comments in by Friday sometime. Uh, if you can, if you want to get your feedback heard on the prequel episode. So there you go. That's it. Uh, that's everything. We, we, we won't worry about what's after twilight until next week. So we'll yeah. do that then until that time. Guys, gals, non-binary, everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. Keep, keep being awesome. awesome.